Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where one of us is really good at Shakespeare and one of us has a big dick. And both of those apply to my good friend, Juicy Juice Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Oh, Another great I am day. blushing. Yeah, he is. So does his dick. Yeah, he's blushing. Yeah, just imagine it like with like two cheeks on the side yeah. of his penis, but like with they're just really rosy red. Yeah, just like on the head, it's just like yeah, a little just red tint on each side of that. Very, very, very it's blushing. Very... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's looking up and I'm like, you go, dog. Um, so that's how we intro this podcast now. Um, yeah. Juice, how are you doing, buddy? How's uh, how's how's you Hamlet's? Know, before I answer that question, <laughs> I don't want to move past this intro just yet. Not what? that I want to talk about me. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about more about my big dick. Yeah. Oh, I I wanted to say. I always think about like, what if this is someone's first episode? Uh, yeah, <laughs> because it's the kind of podcast that it's like about current events. So like, if someone is listening for the first time, they're not going to go necessarily go back and listen. I mean, sometimes people do that. We appreciate it, obviously, but like, if someone's like, yeah, I'll check these guys out. You're going to listen to the most recent episode, <laughs> and then you're like, welcome, this guy, one of us has a big dick. And depending depending on who that is, it could either cause them to be like, this is my new favorite, or it could be like fucking turning this off and never looking back i don't want to think about a white man with a big penis i'm mad <laughs> this doesn't compute i <laughs> turn this off immediately let me put on joe rogan uh to answer your question about the hamlets yeah pretty dang good i i gotta Great. say you know i'm so happy we're still going well we finally blocked the whole show because i know and last then... week you were talking about um getting off book and all that stuff and i'm happy that it's getting up on its feet and you feel better about it yeah, now that now that we're blocked, I've been able to start memorizing more. Good. Still have a long way to go. And like I said, I was mad because like last week I said that um, that Monday, I think it was the 16th, was our deadline to be off book, whatever, uh -huh. which was written in like the first emails. And we never had any communication that that was different. And I kind of thought like on, on, on that day, that rehearsal, that everyone would at least try and be off book everyone held their script and mostly because you're blocking you're writing down you're blocking a script but even people were like using it for reference and i was like okay yeah. so this is fine that i'm yeah. not off book i have found it pretty in a lot of theaters um that it, it feels pretty sometimes that can be floaty specifically yeah. because specifically for blocking um well, like you said yeah, yeah and, not, and not only that like so so like i said if it felt like okay we're this is fine everyone everyone's not off book and then at the end of the rehearsal, the director was like, now remember, once we come back from Memorial Day weekend, you're off It's book. gone, yeah. You're I was gone. like, okay, so we had more time than I thought and you never. But still, I mean, you know, it, you know, yeah. the idea of you sitting and doing it now, like you said, you're kind of getting more off book because of the fact that you're kind of up in, in the space doing it. Yes. But I know it's a lot of stuff to, to process, um, you know, because. And I'm choreographing a fight. 
Yeah, it's a lot, man. There's like You're a, doing there's a lot. A, there's like a little scuffle in the in the graveyard, and uh, he was just having the like when we did the blocking, he was just having the actors kind of like improvise it and like, bro, especially if you don't if, if people aren't trained in combat, you can't improvise. Nope. Like, no, like no. with single sword, if you if you have two people who are trained like the same level, you can kind of improv a little bit as long as there's respecting of rules. Like, because like we, we used to do the thing of like you show and go with like the queue, and so if you you knew you were queuing up for a left high strike or whatever, then they would be able to block and and as long as you queue and wait and make eye contact and kind of like that, then you know with unarmed it's so fucking loosey goosey, dude. And I was like, it's an oh, it's an unarmed fight. Yeah, exactly. There's oh, both. No. So, so so there's a sword fight which. Uh, is going to be choreographed. I have some thoughts off off that, that we can think about off off mic. But there's an unarmed, and they 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 were just kind of like grappling. They were just like wrestling and trying to take each other down, kind of. And I was like, "Hey, uh, I can I'm trained in unarmed stage combat. Please let me choreograph this." And he was like, "Oh my god, please!" I was like, "Jesus, thank uh, you, God." Now and I have to now I have to save this whole show, dude. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. back is hurting from carrying this whole. Wow, you should say that. You should say that next time. You know, you should say you should say that on final dress rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, there's just one thing missing. Can I have some leave? Yeah. Just some sort of anti-inflammatory because my back from oh. carrying this show. Fucking killing me. And they're like, yeah. "Juice, this is the cast dinner. I don't." Yeah. <laughs> it just won't stop killing me. Anyway, yeah. you know what was killing me? The decision of last night's main event. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, oh. a little bit, but not really. Don't get me wrong. We're gonna get into that We're later gonna on. It. We're gonna a little bit, but anyway, the the point um I was making is segue. So let's lead into. <laughs> Speaking of segues, segue. here's a contrived one. Yeah, here's a real one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I just fuck it. What are you, ET? Uh, ET podcast. What now? are you, ET? Nobody even knows what I'm doing. It's hilarious. They only our patrons that can see me know what I'm doing. It's funny to me because like we have a, like a, a limited number of you know like a specific number of people who have access to the video podcasts, and of that number, not I'm like I'm certain that not all of them listen. So we don't at any given point we could be doing this for like two people. Uh, I love it. And guess what? Those two <laughs> people appreciate it because they, they like do. it. They, appreciate they like it. Stick. They like it when I do shit like this. Oh, so stupid. Yeah, what's up? You guys don't even know what I just did. Who's listening? But anyway, I will tell you. I'll describe it. I put my finger in my mouth. So, dude, the vibe, like the the energy that you just said that with, and a little bit of the inflection, reminded me so much of Aziz Ansari. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I put my finger in my mouth. In my bit. mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, very much uh, could be cast as Mexican Aziz. I'm sorry. That's how I advertised myself one time. Yeah. Um, actually, Wait, my really? my tagline actually now is uh, for the age that I'm currently entering in for acting uh, is that I can I can play anything from post grad to young dad. So that's mine, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. To young dad. So just so you know, if you ever want to cast me in anything, uh, people who are casting stuff post because I know that people are casting. Oh yeah. Are listening to this casting right now. Directors listen to this. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about my uh, prelim pick of the night. I don't know why I can't stop fucking with mustache. I think it just has to do with this little gap where my my mustache grows, and yeah. I need to figure it out. But it's anyway. like a little chip, like 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 it's kind of broken. Like it's someone's piss. It pisses me off. Mm. I it's got a enough. similar gap here. Yeah. 
Oh, dude, don't even. We're not even going to talk about. (laughs) We're not even going to talk about it. We're supposed to be talking about fighting. So I'm going to pick my uh, my prelim pick, which was uh, Chase Super versus Felipe Colades. I was texting Juice throughout this fight. Um, First of all, Chase Dead Eyes Hooper is what we should call him because when he came out looking at the camera, it didn't look intimidating. It looked like scary. It looked like he was dead. Like he was gonna. Like he was in a Chase Hooper's eyes, Chief. Like a doll's eyes, cold, lifeless eyes. Dead, dead eyes. <laughs> dead eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just, um, th- at one point, they, I-, I think during the first two rounds, at one point, I was almost positive there was an octopus just in the octagon. I was almost positive it just looked like a bunch, a big old octopus. Chase is so long and lanky. And yes, long and lanky for jujitsu. Jiu- jiu- is uh is so great apparently because like he just really it was weird i i didn't really quite understand i don't really quite understand why felipe Colares was so tired but then if you watch it they're just like it's just constant scramble the entire time uh, position changes throughout all the whole yeah. entire thing just from different position to position to trying to nail down uh submissions from felipe and and Chase was just getting out of them, and he had to be like, you know, Felipe was like, okay, I'll just come in for for something like this, like, oh, I gotta watch the armbar, oh, I gotta watch this, and then like Chase would like throw his leg over his he head, get the triangle, yeah, and you're just like, oh shit, I gotta watch out for all this stuff. But he would stay down there, just wasn't having any success going against anything that throwing throwing anything on Chase. Um, and I was, you know, I had aimed for Chase to win by submission, um, which I was hoping would happen because he did flatten him out. But then that ground and pound happened and I was pretty, um, you know, happy with it. I mean, he just, he just showed a great uh, sign of the levels that are, that are coming from uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and yeah. Stephen Wonderboy's. Uh, Upstate uh, Karate is the name of the gym. Upstate Karate, but also Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's dad, who gives mm-hmm. him a glass of milk before he goes to bed, <laughs> uh, you know, giving Chase Hooper a glass of milk. That same glass. Yeah. That same glass is going to Chase Hooper right before he goes to bed yeah he said have a glass of warm milk and get yourself to bed and he's like <laughs> it's like chase shows up at the gym he's like yeah i need to work on my karate he's like okay son come on in we're going to teach you a few things and they're like doing the practice he's like this seems like a normal practice he's like Shh, the secret comes later. later and they go at the very end of the day he's like at the he's like crashing on their couch or whatever yep, he's like yep yep okay the time has finally come to tell you the secret you know, so I'll give you the same secret that I gave to Stephen every every night for one of his camps. This is so stupid. <laughs> he slides, so he slides over the glass. It's just a glass. That's right. Don't underestimate the power of calcium. Don't. And do not. And don't you dare underestimate the power of it being warm. And you better drink the whole thing. I'll know if you don't. And I came in it. <laughs> The secrets to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's strength is his dad's come. Ladies and gentlemen, we go. <laughs> we keep jumping mm-hmm. off cliffs and we're landing in semen. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Chase Hooper drinks Stephen Wonderboy dad's, uh, Wonderboy Thompson's dad's pe- uh, semen milk. Let's go. Yeah. That's how far Write we down. go. That's the headline. Write it down. That's the headline. Guess what? He said he's 22. He's going to grow a lot. Boom. That's it. If that's too gross for you guys to think about, too bad. <laughs>
Too bad. I thought you said too grocery. I was like, why would anything be too grocery? That's too many groceries for you to think about when you buy your next uh, milk or nut milks. Yeah. Good luck. Can you imagine if you're in North Carolina where they are mm-hmm. and you go to the grocery store? Yep. And you're like, uh, the, the clerk comes and says, can, can I be fine something? Yes, actually. Thank you. Uh, uh, do you know the, the milk that Ray Thompson buys for his son, Stephen? <laughs> Where's the milk? Where's the milk that I can come in? <laughs> Anybody? Do you know which of these pairs best with come? Wow, we're yeah, we're, we we're, we're we're off. We're off. Yeah, we're we're so far off the rails. We aren't even. We can't even see the rails from where. Dude, we're I don't, yeah, I don't even know what a train is. I don't even know the point of the rails being built. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I did. I was not expecting to get here that fast. But anyways, we're here. Uh, so let's. You saying I don't even know what a train is reminds me of the podcast comedy Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. They have like characters come on. It's like a fake talk show kind of, and it's all improv. And this one girl, her name is the actress's name is Ego Wodum. She's actually a cast member yeah. on SNL. Phenomenal talent, and uh, she she does this bit. Her character, the character is called Entree P Newer, and she comes <laughs> on with like invention ideas. Mm-hmm. And it's for shit that already exists. And she describes it like in a very vague and poor way. And then that's got to be like, you mean a, like, like she'll come in and was like, I have an idea for an invention, a building where people can go when they are sick. And to describe it, like, you mean a hospital? I don't know what that is. <laughs> pretend to not know. That's <laughs> great. Or she'll be like, uh, uh, a, a device that's rectangular in nature that people can get in and it will take you from place to place. You're like, you mean a car? I don't know what that is. <laughs> like just, and it's even the most mundane time. And it's so funny to me for some reason. Uh, um, yeah. So that's how, yeah. Ch- that's how Chase Hooper's going to get the rest of his strength. Just so you guys know. Yeah. Uh, but Ray Thompson's, Thompson's milk. Milk. Yeah. Sponsors this podcast. Ray Thompson's Milk sponsors this podcast is the name of this podcast. <laughs> and I can't wait for people to listen because they'll be like, oh, really? I like when it's early on, too. There's sometimes yep. when like the, we get the name and it's like much later. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got this quick and easy and very concise. Juice, we can, do you have anything else to say about the fight? About the fight? No, you said everything. Okay. I was, what, what I want to say from like a... a <clears throat> like an analysis standpoint or whatever but just like to to speak a little bit seriously on the fight for a second like it was the way the way he got the finish and why i think it wasn't a sub instead of tko because like if you're someone who's like like for our you know fight pick league anyone that was picking him by sub i was like yeah that's probably the right call like if he's gonna get a finish it's gonna be by sub like that's what he does he doesn't really have power in his hands and you know he is Mm -hmm. working for those fit fat finish on the ground and felipe was good at defending but he was running out of steam to the point where he couldn't even like Chase was like softening him up with punches to be able to get like one point he had his back. He was defending the rear naked choke. Well, and then Chase was just like kind of hitting him to mm-hmm. be able to drop his hands. But like at a certain point, Flippy just got too tired and the ref had to stop it. Like he yeah. was definitely trying for a submission. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, we'll see where he goes from. I mean, you know, still the fourth, what for it said, fourth youngest fighter um, in the UFC. So he's still got a lot of room to grow. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, it's like an it's like a win because the last was a loss. So it's just you know, I think if he if he strings together at least three, or sorry, 
two more probably. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get a name. You know what's crazy about that is that he just got signed like a couple years ago. Uh huh. It, it wasn't that long ago. Like I don't know if it was like right before the pandemic started or like in the midst of the pandemic. Mm. I want to say because like as far as like when he made his debut, it definitely was like in the apex with no fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long he was signed before that. He might have like a developmental deal or whatever. He was the youngest person on the UFC roster when he got signed. Maybe he was tied with one other person. I can't remember if he's the same age as Macy Barber or not. Something like mm. that where he was tied for the youngest. Or, or was the youngest. The fact that he's now the fourth youngest, like just as a testament, like the kind of talent that's out there and like when people are getting signed, like Kay Hansen, probably one of the young, youngest. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, and you know, as far as um, uh, jujitsu pr- practitioners go, he's definitely, um, I can't wait to see more, show him displaying more of that yeah. skill on top of, you know, he's learning striking from a karate master. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's cool. Like, so that's going to make cool. create an interesting type of fighter because nobody fights like Wonder Boy. Nobody fights that karate style. And if he's if he's teaching Chase the way that that he is, you know, by the time he's 25, 26, tough time. People, when they fight him, they have tough time. Especially if he really listens because, like, you know what you're, you're describing uh, that made me think that maybe this isn't, you know, g- going to be a thing is, like, they did. They tried to do the same thing with Ryan Hall, right? Here's a guy but, same weight class, but I think it's a little jiu-jitsu. bit. I think it's a little bit different, though. I think that Chase is. I think Chase is more malleable in that regard, yes. as we saw. You know what right. I mean? Like on top of the fact That's that he's mostly he scrambling, it. yeah, he just has to stick with striking because his jiu-jitsu is pretty good. I mean, it's, yeah, he also it's has better wrestling good. than Ryan Hall. Like Ryan Hall will just pull guard and Imanari <clears throat> roll and stuff like that. Whereas, yeah. Chase is like working for those wrestling takedowns. And as I say, is like, I think Ryan Hall is a little bit arrogant to like, he will learn it, but he's still like, okay, this is just a supplement to my game. Like Chase seems like he's trying to like be well-rounded and fill the holes in his game, which mm-hmm. I respect. Yeah. I mean, we definitely saw that he was a better striker than he's ever been before. Um, yeah. He definitely doesn't have knockout power at all, but I mean, as far as point fighting goes, it's really going to help him like immensely. Yeah. Like, cause, cause Steven is a huge point fighter has been a huge point fighter this entire yeah. time so if he teaches chase that on top of the fact that he has jujitsu chase can win a lot more fights i mean unfortunately with the way that i think he could have knockout power by the way okay about it just because like like is he said something to me not something to me yeah oh wow he said, he said something in an interview which to me was like was making me think of it um he was saying i think it might have been after the brunson fight and he was like, oh, people say, like, oh, he doesn't have knockout power because he stopped Brunson in the first round. Yeah. And we're like, oh, he doesn't have knockout power. He's like, knockout power is a joke. My girlfriend has knockout power. Like, mm-hmm. It's about the timing and the and the, like, yeah. the pop and whatever. And I, th- I also do feel like it's the angle to be able to generate power because, like, that is a thing as well, you know, mechanically. And, like, Chase fights on these awkward angles, which helps him land those shots, but it's not helping delivering the power. Like, the way Charles – like, he has a very similar body type to Charles Oliveira. If he would – like, Charles so crisp, that's why he has that fucking knockout power. Like, right. before Charles went on this run of, like, that's this winter after, after he lost to Paul Felder, like – he wasn't really having knockouts on his record before. Now he like even before the championship, like he knocked out Nick Lance, Jared Gordon, like he was knocking fools out. But it's from that that crisp, you know, stance. Yeah, Leo. So we'll see. We're gonna talk about your my prelim prelim pick. No, and then, you know this is a good segue too because I was thinking like Chase Super. <clears throat> he didn't say this. I don't think. 
but it feels like he could have you maybe has the feeling like he might be the best grappler in the division and yes joe's joe ugly man holmes <laughs> great name or, or joseph ugly man joe holmes however it is yeah <laughs> very strange but very okay. strange uh no just ugly man so i think it's just joseph ugly man holmes but we'll call him we'll call him ugly man ugly joe. joe yeah ugly man joe yeah or ugly joe his nickname is ugly man ugly man Got it's it. like i don't know if it's like if they say ugly man joe holmes or joe ugly man holmes or whatever oh, before you get to that point um <clears throat> We had two uh, wax mustaches on the fight card last night. Felipe Colares was one of them, and Joe was the second. Oh, great. I love that we're talking about both of those then. Yeah. Uh, so Joe was the second because when I saw it, I was like, wow, two curled mustaches. Interesting. Two vaudevillian villains. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason I want to talk about this fight is because when he made his UFC debut – you guys know this, Leo, you know this, and you mostly agree with me. I feel like nicknames are so important. Yes. Like a good na- nickname is so important. And when I saw Ugly Man, I was like, get the entire fuck out of here with that nickname. But he went on Rhino's show and he explained that the nickname was like, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's like almost like owning it in a way, like taking ownership of that. It was like, he said it was May. He something he did in in school. I want to say it was like high school or college to like combat like when people just call each other ugly for no reason. He's like, well, we're gonna you know make a, gr- a group called the Ugly Man or whatever. Like, well, mm-hmm. be, uh, we'll just say like you know I mean? like if you if you take ownership of it, they can't use it against you. Right, right, or something like that. And I was like, okay, I like that. It's still not a great fight nickname, but I no. respect it. And after last night, I will not clown his nickname anymore. But not the worst nickname on the fight card last oh, night. Oh, 100% not the worst nickname. Uh, well, let, let me finish about talking about the fight. Yes. You let me know who you think was the worst nickname because I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but but the fucking the fight itself was fire. He was he was pressuring Amadovsky. He was in his face the whole time, landed that knee, and that was it. Dude got the... It was almost like a club and sub, but when it's a yep. knee, you can't really call it a club and sub, but he fucking stunned him with the knee and then <laughs> choked blunt him out. Blunt force and then choked him out. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Blunt force. The only criticism I have, and this is another pet peeve of mine, where it's like he's on his own. Okay. We, we, we close one door and open another, but in a negative way, like we, we figure out, like, okay, the nickname stuff is not that bad. And then so another problem arises. He goes, I'm the best grappler in this division. Sir, no, you are not. No, you are not. You cannot make that claim. Yeah, I think make that, that claim. I think people making those bold, bold statements, and they were talking about talking about on the broadcast. Um, I can't remember who who was fighting, but but Paul Felder and uh, DC were talking about. They were saying like he's never fought anyone. Like when when fighters say he's never fought anyone as fast as me or anything like that, and then you get in the cage, you're like. Okay, turns out he's pretty fast. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like that you 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 make these really bold claims, and it's yeah. just like you know to hype you up. And they have we talked about the whole. Um, I mean, I feel like some of these fighters will say these things without like a sports psychologist there, you know, to kind of talk you through yeah. these situations. And like this is just kind of the confidence they have in themselves and the bravado. But it's like, um, you know, just saying that on the mic or something like that. Like I don't know, just a good. I like simple, clean call outs that have a little bit of aggression in them because i don't like yes. i don't like 
I don't like Michael Chandler's callouts. <laughs> I don't like the way he talks. I don't like it. I don't. I, it's weird because he's like, yeah, we did work. We did a good job. I'm very excited. We're great. By you. I'm like <laughs> the way he turns. Yeah. I'm like, you can tell he's flipping the switch into promo. Yeah. Mode. Yeah. And it just, it, I don't know. For me, it's just like, all right. Guys, Obviously like, the gold standard and the blueprint is Brian Kelleher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I call Sean O'Malley. Did he, just, did he say something about his vagina or something like that? Yeah, dude. I, I you just gotta oh, you just have so a good. Oh, have a little bit of umph, not continuous umph, yeah. just a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, some yeah. of them are ice cold, some of them are really great. I mean, you know, obviously the the big one that comes to mind with callouts uh is uh is Chael Sonnen's of uh, Anderson Silva. Oh, um, you, you know, absolutely cl- suck. Just class classic like in the in the arena saying it right to him like you know that's that's good stuff mm-hmm. um and he understood uh, going yeah exactly being like oh yeah mm-hmm. but I, and do you I see anderson silva knock a fool yeah. this weekend yeah and then everyone's like get jake paul in there it's like what are we doing guys can we stop you get anderson silva's payday absolutely but can yeah. we stop <laughs> can, can we, we stop? stop yeah can we stop can we swollen stop can we? um, <laughs> um yeah, so good on Ugly Joe. I mean, like I said, good. There were some pretty. There was, I'm not gonna lie, the prelims were pretty good um, yeah. overall. Uh, so you know, for us to pick those, I just happened to pick Chase. Just you know, just remembering him from being a young uh, jujitsu practitioner. Um, yeah, with that warm glass of milk. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just think that uh, they're all good. They were good. They were. Pretty I good. almost picked the Urosh Medic one. Stuck yeah, that was another I mean, really good one. Le- yeah, I mean. We're, I'm just going to talk about it right now for just a second. Those left hand, those three left hands in a row were surgical. Perfect. I mean, it's like just hearing them. You're just like, okay. The first one I was like, okay, it's done them. Then the second one, I was like, okay, that's square on the jaw. Then the third one, the kind of uppercut one. The deal. Yeah. I was like, dang, dude, this. It reminded me a little bit of Henry Cejudo against Marlon Moraes when he landed those, those right crosses <laughs> just right in a row nothing else behind him i was like mm. dang that's so unconventional but it worked yeah um but anyway let's uh <clears throat> move on to the um one last thing i wanted to say about the joseph holmes versus amadowski fight another reason i wanted to talk about it is because my girl chelsea diesel had this tweet that i can't get out of my head because once you once you see it you can't unsee it mm. he said joseph holmes looks like a deflated greg hardy that's fair. He definitely does look like a deflated. And, and th- there is absolutely no evidence to the contrary. Like there is nothing you can point to that says that isn't true. Maybe it's just Greg Hardy coming back into the UFC after he got cut. Uh, oh, that's the case. And I got to hate him. Yeah. Well, he sucks. So ugly Joe, you suck. We got it. <laughs> We're making the jumps as fast as we possibly can here, people. Um, okay. So let's move on to Eric Anders and uh, the Iron Turtle Jung Young Park. Mm. Uh, hey man, what's going on with your boy? Is this the was this the worst nickname on the card? No, the worst. No, no. Yeah, because mm. we said we were talking about that. Because no, I, the worst nickname on the card is Venezuelan fighter. Oh yeah, dude, you're absolutely right about that. I forgot about Omar Morales having Omar's, that name. Like I said, that's that's why. <laughs> That's why I the bare that minimum. That's why I posted the tweet yesterday of saying like he really missed the chance to be called Venezuelan fisting guy, like because like you because know he, on, uh, honestly like Spanish is that puñetero. I just 
<laughs> anything exactly. anything I mean, it's like blonde fighter with like david <laughs> chigagan yeah like don't what are you doing like you might as well be called a guy yeah <laughs> uh Omar, yeah a guy <laughs> exactly like it's so specific it's so generic and specific that would be huh? a guy, <laughs> a guy. <laughs> i love that Imagine if someone like some some dude, yeah, some dude, yeah. Imagine yeah. if some dude, <laughs> dude, that's a great got to name. be like championship level. I wish there was a there was like a, a Korean fighter or someone or some's names that they that their name was like Sung some, Dune or something like that. Yeah. But it, it was like Sung Dude, some dude Park. Like that would be awesome. Anyway, speaking of the Iron Turtle. Um, speaking of the best nickname in all of combat sports, the Iron Turtle. It is a great nickname. It's, 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 it's one of my favorites. because, it, and, and it took it took growing on me. The first time I saw it, I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's it, ridiculous. But the more it, I think about it. It has a lore. It. You know what I mean? It has like this, like, you know what I mean? Like it has this, 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 like when we were kids, like. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that, that type of. It nickname. reminds me of Jackie Chan Adventures. Yeah, 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 exactly. like the different like totems and then the fucking yeah, and the iron turtle is a good one. Don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. What what am I trying to say here? Don't say anything too racist. No, I I had something I wanted to say about it, but I forgot. Maybe I'll, we'll come back to it if I remember. Um, but uh, yeah, Eric Anderson have anything for? I, I thought I, I thought Eric was gonna win, but um. Uh, Joe Young Park was just, just too, yeah. too good, too, too tough. Um, yeah. And 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 Eric started to show his his wear in the middle of the second round, and it, you know it's the story of a yeah. lot of fights where you see these people kind of gas out um, early on. But who that Jerry curl? Let me tell you. <laughs> Actually, I just remember what I was gonna say because I was thinking about Iron Turtle. Like you, you're trying to describe it like it has that like lore that's like. Like another nickname similar is the guy in um, Bellator. I think his name is Ben Parrish, but I only know him by his nickname, the Big Tuna. It's yeah. one of those ones like that, like the Iron Turtle, the Big Tuna. It just has this, yeah, fucking... a, a larger than life theme to it that that we're just like, oh, yes. it sounds really cool, like, like unnecessary epicness. Yes, unnecessary Turtle. epicness. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, pretty pretty good um, showing. I mean, yeah, it was pretty a good fight. Yeah, regardless of like. You know, Eric Anders not really showing out. Like I thought it was still a good fight. Um, um way better than the next fight. Yeah, it wasn't uh it wasn't really anything. I mean, mostly uh I you know, I mean we've talked about this. This starts Pauline to be a little... Naruto tattoo didn't do shit for her. This is just where we get to the whole like you know, skill set and the definition of a good fight or what we find an entertaining fight, which is there's two different things to be said about that. You know, to say that it was a bad fight would be wrong but to say that it's an entertaining fight would also be wrong yeah um you know what i mean so like i mean like this I, weird... I don't think it's wrong to say it was a bad fight that's fair okay or at least like like what what is a bad fight like a, yeah that's what i mean boring and that, we're talking I feel like that yeah. was definitely boring we're talking about the existentialism like you know it's that you know what is a fight you know it's it, it maybe think like the path. you know i feel like there there's a little bit of like um i don't know like when we think about like lay and pray, yeah, and I kind of hate that analogy. Of course, that analogy that thing, but like certain wrestlers, but like sometimes it's apropos. And I feel like not enough people were saying that about Tabitha Ricci. I mean, maybe, maybe it's because I was offline. I just didn't see those tweets, but 
that is like, that is fair i mean you know what i mean like we come on you didn't do shit with those takedowns like yeah as much like i mean i'm not saying it was bad judging but the fact that like like if Pollyanna Viana had like done any sort of work off her back, like landed elbows or whatever, I'd be like, okay, let's give the run to her because she was the only one actually doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes fights kind of end in a stalemate a lot of times, like where they're just kind of, but it's the matching of skill of them both trying, you know what I mean? That's what kind of yeah. makes things a little bit more exciting. And, and I don't know, you, you could say that you could put you, the Tabitha Ricci and Pollyanna Viana fight, you could you could really put that along a, a lot of fights where highly skilled fighters that are fighting that just happen to not be making these, you know, big explosive moves or anything like that, that you're just like, oh, well, I'm not, this doesn't feel competitive. It doesn't really feel like anything because it's all canceling out in a, yeah. I would say bad, in a, in a bad way. That just makes us feel like, yeah, we can move this, on from this. This was a three round version of Rose Carla 2. Right. Rose Carla was like, there was some takedown involved, but it took place mostly on the feet. And this was like, there was some striking, but it took place mostly on the ground. This is also right. like the reverse of that in that regard. Like, but very similar in the vibe of like nothing happening and them just canceling each other out. Wow. It was so bad, this fight. Yeah. Like, I can't even. Uh, I like both those fighters. I just, yeah, just was not a lot um, to put on the table, especially with what came after for them, which was uh, Chidi. In Jokuani, yeah, Chidi and Jokuani, uh, and that fucking the elbow was amazing. Elbow, dude. Uh, and I, I, it was so fast, like I didn't even see it was an elbow. I thought it was a short hook. Like I thought it was one yeah. of those little rabbit punches uh, or whatever. Yeah, it was perfectly on the chin. Like it was oh. like I was watching. It, I was like, yeah, he really gave it to him. So it was surgical. I, I just, oh, that was that was picture perfect. And I yeah. felt bad picking against him too. Like I remember saying on the podcast last week, I was like, oh. I picked Dusko Todorovic because his nickname is slightly easier to pronounce. Right, right. But it was a good on Chidi um, to win that. I mean, he got performance of the night, which was nice. But, um, you know, not really much to say about it other than, you know, it's a good example of those. The It's the, it's the ideal clench battle for yeah. them. You know, it's and that's what you want. You want this, like, this separation that 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 explosiveness happens from it or from something you know what i mean like yeah moving in the clinch to moving away that's what you want from a from a good clinch because a lot of times people are just like i ah, just get away and then come back and it's like yeah. taking that extra shot in that moment um you know really really makes it you can make or break a fight i mean like you, you saw you saw he goes in for one amazing elbow and it it knocks it's them like out that change yeah. the fight in a dime um i don't i don't mind a good clinch battle i hate when it's like mostly that and it's a stalemate like mm -hmm. what happened in the main event right but i think that the fact yeah that's true especially the first two rounds like oh boy but anyway we're gonna we're gonna get to that in, in, a, in a second because we have yeah. the fight of the night of santiago ponzinibbio Ooh. and michelle Pereira. now here's the interesting thing about this fight was this a good fight yes 100 percent was it as crazy as I thought it was going to be? No, no. Um, but, but I kind of expect that because Michelle Pereira in his later fights has been like more pulling back. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's cooling it out on the weird mobile shit, which is which is fun. But uh, I, uh, I had you know it's funny with the Holly Holly Holm and, and Ketlin Vieira coming after this fight, like the Santiago Ponzinibbio and Michelle Pereira fight. I, I'm okay with that one being a split decision, um, especially towards the end. 
when they were both like really tired and really, really striking. But I just think Michelle Pereira was a little bit cleaner um, throughout the three rounds um, as far as his striking goes um, and was uh, kind of constantly keeping that pressure up. But both of them were, were throwing a lot. um, And like, you know, we were talking about these, these small, I would notice Michelle would like throw like these small body shots that would kind of uh, take a little wind out of Santiago. Um, But Santiago, even in the third round was still trying to throw bombs at him, but at the last, that last minute, they were definitely like drained and, and, and gassed out completely. Um, So I think that they both need to work on their gas tank. I think Michelle definitely, definitely needs to work on his gas tank because he's a very incredibly exciting fighter. And that was an incredibly exciting fight. Um, so I think that he, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get ranked next week. I don't think so. Maybe, um, was Ponzi ranked? Ponzi was 15, I think. Then he sure. should take his rank. Yeah. Pretty sure. That's what I mean, oh, he's 14. San Diego's 14. Uh, San okay. Diego. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was, it was weird. It's one of those things where like Ponzi normally is like a crisp striker. And Michelle's like all over the place. It felt like they were a little bit reversed the roles a little because mm-hmm. like Michelle has been a little bit more technical in his past fights. And I think Ponzinibbio tried to try and throw him off and do some other shit, which didn't really work. No. Uh, and it was it was so worth it to see the look on Ponzi's face when they announced that it was split for, for Michelle. And he was like, Ugh. I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck you, fucking dog ear clipping motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. So it's a good thing that Santiago didn't win. Um, yeah, it's a good thing he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. And you know who else feels like a real piece of shit? The judges that judged uh, Holly Holm and Caitlin Vieira last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. So this is what I will say about this fight. I guess uh, I I saw Caitlin winning two rounds. I saw yeah. Caitlin. The round that she got the rear naked, uh, almost the, had the, it. The, um, which she, she threatened but, it. But yeah. she threatened it, and maybe around either three or four. I I don't know which one. What, what the one of the later rounds? Um, I just think that it's hard. You know, this judging thing. We've we've talked about this a lot. I just think like the effectiveness of the striking the damage on the on the striking is like i guess what the judges have to have been looking at because i think holly was really yeah lighting up um ketlin uh you know with strikes but i just think that the this the punches that ketlin was sitting down on and and striking holly with looked they looked more effective they would knock holly back for a second and then she would come right back into the fight but the there wasn't a lot of them. I mean, I would say there's maybe like 10, 10 that I was like, okay, like that's a good hit from Ketlin, but that's about it. Everything else I felt as far as like contr- octagon control and all that stuff was, was very much Holly. Yeah. Um, so and I, I think like to, to Ketlin's credit, like some of the stuff that Holly usually does, like wasn't working as well on her as it does yeah. for other people. So that it was a close fight. I think I'm not like super mad about it. I, yeah, I no. still think Holly won, but close it's enough not, that I'm not yeah, going to call not, it yeah, no, robbery. Yeah. But I will say this. Andre Paneris, Kellen's coach, was like furious with her that, mm-hmm. he, that she wasn't following the game plan, doing what, what they wanted her to do. 
Don't you think that's a little bit of a sign? Like, I know the judges, either they can't hear that or they shouldn't, and they can't judge on that. I'm just saying, like, that's indicative of, like, her losing some positions they shouldn't. And it's very clear that, like, Holly was stronger than her in the clinch, which they didn't expect. Like, Kettlin is normally, like, kind of stronger than most of her opponents, but Holly was stronger. Um, yeah, I think... I think his his uh, his point was true though. I think I think that Kellen really Holly Holm is the is the uh, is the the cleaner striker, but Kellen is is stronger with her punches. So I think if Kellen would have just in like she, you know he he said in the third round or the third or fourth round he's like, hey don't don't sit back like believe in your power you you're strong you're 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 a stronger athlete your punches hurt yeah. a lot more. And I think that if she would have, and that's the thing is fighting someone like Holly Holm was a good counter striker, but, but when Caitlin started letting go of those heavy, uh, heavy punches, Holly was getting rocked pretty hard. So if Caitlin would have just been like, ah, I'll just keep coming forward. The counter striking that Holly would have had on her wouldn't have done anything. So that's why I think like, I think that's why the frustration kept coming because she Holly hit Caitlin a couple of times. And I think that's where, when the coach was like, she's not doing anything to you go go for it like yeah you can you can really do and then when the clenching happened when she was kept keeping her on the fence and Caitlin wasn't getting away she did listen in between the second and third round she did get away from the clenches as best she could but um yeah i think i think Caitlin is probably one of the harder hitters in the bantamweight division um but with that being said, um, you know, to give anyone at the top problems, no. Yeah. So that's the thing, and well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of questions about this in the in the forum, but um, well, <laughs> it's a it's it, yeah, it, it has a lot. It opens up a lot of questions about judging, about um, about coaching, about you know. Um, we have we have a lot of questions about it. I know we do. We have at least two or three questions about this fight. So I don't want to go too much further into it. Just that, yeah. I believe, and I think a lot of people believe that Holly won. Um, yeah. But I'm, like you said, it's not. It's it was a close enough fight, and there was enough moments from Ketlin that I don't yeah. mind it too much. I pretty much seeing most mostly everyone saying they thought Holly won. And granted, like Holly's a very well liked fighter. Sure. And a good driver of traffic and everything. Um, but I think it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So that was uh, the fight card last night. Um, fun. That was UFC Vegas 543. Yep. You're just making up numbers and I love it. And so uh, are they. Yeah, that's true. Literally, <laughs> the fucking name UFC Vegas 55 makes no sense because there have been way more events in Vegas than that. <laughs> yeah all right so i guess we're gonna take our break and when we come back we will be um going to the forum And we're back. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. We have our first question. About to play. 
Great. Hey, Jason Leo, it's Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. I really struggled to come up with a question for you, but this one just popped up into my mind. We have seen fighters that have, I guess you could say, father time has been the problem for them, some of which hasn't, father time hasn't caught up to them. Um, with that being said, what is your favorite performance from a fighter that is at least, geez, I would probably say at least in the mid to late 30s, maybe even early 40s? Let me know what you think. I love the show, and I'll catch you all later. Peace. This is a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. I have two two technical answers. My my first technical answer, uh, or my first answer, not technical. <laughs> uh, just like I said, that way it made me feel was the the Glover Teixeira. The way you make me feel. Yeah, can't he's canceled, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he's dead. So yeah, he's dead. Yeah, but he he canceled himself. Um. Anyway, uh, he's proof that cancel culture yeah. is real. Yeah, because he died um yeah uh <laughs> um uh sorry all the michael jackson fans out there but anyway um uh yeah the the global Tishita, uh and and um jan fight uh was just so amazing for the, like it i guess it was pretty damn amazing i mean we're talking about on that card i mean with with also the brandon moreno situation as well like both happening in the same night oh no 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 it was one weekend after the other um right it wasn't the same card it was one weekend after the other uh no yeah it wasn't the same card it was close together though yeah um yeah glover is probably the that was the one that that was really really impressive to me um just to be in the championship but also his his story is very like to be at the top of the rung to be knocked down and then to walk, crawl back up it again oh. is and not only that, like it it wasn't like he got knocked down and had to crawl back once yeah he was doing that for a while yeah because like there was a point where he was like in top contention when Daniel Cormier was the champion right and he he decided to call out Rumble like for like a number one contenders fight which was crazy because no one calls him out well knocked him out in thirteen seconds it was so fucking so like this massive uppercut. Mm-hmm. Like oh my god, yeah. So to to see him do it, what he what he was doing. I mean that that was so like watching that was so emotional just to watch. I was like man, you just build the hype to it and all that stuff. And he's even said like he just now I think a couple of days ago was just like I am retiring this year. Uh, I don't think on this fight oh, wow. specifically, but he said like I have one more fight and I want to. I think you know if, if I'm going to win the belt. I want to fight in New York uh, and retire. Really, um, I didn't yeah, see he, that. I mm-hmm. saw him say that if he beats Yo know, Yuri, he wants to give Jan a rematch. Yeah, I think, but I think that's it. That's his, his path. His is that fight. it's it's uh, you know, it's him against uh, Yuri, and then him against uh, whoever else in New York. That's what he wants, uh, which I think he'll get to be what win or lose for any of the situations moving forward. He's gonna get that. I feel like they will give it to him. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna give him New York, a hundred percent. They're not not gonna do that. I, well, they might not, but it's been a while since uh, the UFC has been in New York, and it hasn't been on the. Um, they roster. usually go every year around November. Yeah, so 
that's what he like that, I think that was the last time they went with like Ian Gary was on the card and that whole thing. That's what he wants. That, was uh, BM, he uh, wants to be doing that. And I think they're going to give it to him. I think they're going to somehow, some way, whether he's, you know, whatever, uh, he's going to be on that main card. I don't know what, what status, but if, if he wins, he will 100% be on that card. Um, yeah. Uh, headlining that. Um, but anyway, uh, and then my second for older uh, fighters, because uh, you you did say mid to late thirties, is Derek Lewis knocking out um, fucking Curtis Blades? Yes. Uh, yeah. This is a hard question to answer. Like, especially opening up to mid to late thirties brings in so many other possibilities. Like, I feel like we've gotten this question before, and mm-hmm. it's been like for fighters over forty. Mm-hmm. And I definitely like whenever that's brought into play, and even the caveat of opening up, like you, like Alexio Linick always comes to mind. Yes. Like doing the yes. things he does, like like the first time he he did the Ezekiel and his in one of his his debut, but it was the first time he pulled it off in the UFC. But it was very close to his debut. I was like, okay, I will follow you anywhere. Like, but the one that I thought of when he opened it up a little bit was there's this, there's a guy who normally like I wouldn't be a fan of this guy but something about it is just it's just electrifying it's fucking muslim king of kung fu salikov mm. i fucking love this guy he's 37 right now um and uh july of 2020 so he would have been 35 or possibly already turned 36 i think his birthday's in june mm-hmm. yeah his birthday's in june so he probably was already 36 at that point um he fucking fought uh, Eliseo Zaleski dos Santos. The fucking fight was incredible, and it is UFC 251. For anyone that doesn't look, hasn't um, seen it, actually, I think that was the fight we did a Turbo Team episode afterward. Um, where I was like high as shit, mm-hmm. um, but that fucking card was was amazing. That fight was amazing, and uh, I love I love the guy. And actually, his his most recent fight too. Um, June of 2021, he fought Francisco Trinaldo, another old guy, and mm-hmm. they both had a great performance. But Muslim uh, edged him out. So, fucking, uh, that's my that's my pick for this question, which is a great yeah. question. And thank you, Ty. You guys go check out the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles podcast when mm-hmm. they return, which is very soon. Yes. All right. So excited to play this next question yes and you already know what it is but i'm, but I'm gonna play it for our listeners yes obviously what's up juice and lean what's your homie rhino from the combat sports with rhino podcast so i got to thinking about what if you guys were opening up the fsp sandwich shop so all the best sandwiches people come from miles around to get the juice and the leo and now on the menu you're going to put out two sandwiches based on ufc fighters i'm even going to give them to you what sandwich is the Yuri Prohaska, like what goes on the Yuri Prohaska? And I would, you know, I would hope you would both answer that. And then also, in particular, Leo, let me know what the Derek Lewis sandwiches. I know you're a huge fan of Derek Lewis, just like I am. So, yes, what comes on the sandwiches, the Yuri Prohaska and the Derek Lewis at the FSP sandwich shop? Can't wait to hear your guys' answers. Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. Peace. You know, Sometimes there's questions that come along that you just love, mix all the things that you love, UFC and food. And <laughs> like, it's, I love this question so much. Uh, so I have a pretty simple answer for the Yuri Brasca tree bark. 
nobody ever orders it but Yuri when he comes in. <laughs> like, why do you why do you order the tree bark sandwich? I have to. I have to. I actually had a uh, had something different in mind for Yuri. Okay, I can't wait. You know those sandwiches that's like I think that place in LA used to call them like fat sows or whatever. Yes, I do know. Fat you, sows, like, yeah. They probably, I think, I think that's a style of sandwich. They, call, they might call them fat sandwiches or whatever. Like the kind that says, they call them like, fat sandwiches. Yeah. yeah that's what they like call unnecess- fat An unnecessary amount of like orders, like people with the mozzarella sticks, yeah, in the sandwich, yeah, yeah. jalapeno poppers, like in the yeah. sandwich. It would be, it would be like that. Okay. But it would be unnecessarily Japanese. I like this. Like fucking sashimi yep like fucking sushi rolls random yeah the sandwich i like this random sushi rolls in there a little bit of spam masubi a little bit of um uh randomly some like gyoza dumplings yeah wow what a weird sandwich and 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 uh and then his dick (laughs) no i feel like it would have like like what's like a wild forest animal like fox? It would have like yeah, fox some cum. fox, fo- like, fox cum. Like, like a French uh, dip, but like a, like a French dip. fox dip cum. Is yeah, ooh yum yeah, it yeah. sounds delicious. You dip the Yuri Prohaska in fresh fox cum. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine? Can I imagine? I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you I, are imagining I am. it i am imagining it uh oh man uh <laughs> i this is yeah this is getting a little out of hand in my head um <laughs> it's just getting very out of, yeah it's like <laughs> it'd be like a bon me but like a I, bon I, 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 dude i get the sandwich okay we were talking about extracting the cum from the fox bro Oh, That's yeah. where my brain he, is going. He's the only one that yeah, can do it. Yuri's doing it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Come here. Come here. And actually, Come instead of here. instead of like a, a, a side dish of like the box cover, it just comes with a fox. And you have, yeah. to, yeah. you have to hold him the whole time. And the fox has to claim dominance. But the fox has to claim dominance over you while you're eating his gum. Yeah. It's looking at you and he's like, this is. Dude, I I hope I really hope I really honestly I hope that everything that we're talking about right now I hope that Glover knocks out um, uh, Yuri in like two seconds flat. Wouldn't that be the <laughs> most thinking, hilarious like, thing? I was thinking about that earlier too. Like we built it up in our mind how like Yuri is this unstoppable force. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine imagine Glover, like he throws a flying knee or something. Glover catches it, takes him down, subs him in like two minutes. Yeah, we're like, oh well, there we go. But uh, be amazing. But. Uh, and specifically, tries to throw some spinning shit. Glover takes his back from standing, yeah. like, drags him down. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> ends it immediately. Force Realm gone, and and this fox cum sandwich never happens. It's too bad. Uh, hair pulling is uh, illegal. <laughs> so Glover stupid. could pull the bucket. So actually, dumb. that's oh, a pretty well, good segue. Hold on, well, wait. Not, I, yeah, you have the Derek Lewis. Answer. The Derek Lewis. The Derek is, Lewis. Honestly, uh, two very large blackened meatballs and that's it no sauce no nothing else just two blackened meatballs on a on a king's hawaiian rolls <laughs> yes king's hawaiian roll for sure 100 percent. although part of me wants to make like a like a whiskey sauce that they're like dipped in 
I was going to say, you know, it would be another sandwich that I feel like Yargos would get behind. Oh, no, I got I got it even more. I got, wow, the sandwich idea is getting more. So you can get Derek's, uh, Derek's ball sandwich. The Black Beast is what it would be called, kind of. Yeah. But then the there's an extra like habanero make them hot sauce like make them oh, hot. Yeah, hot balls yeah make it hot and then it adds mm. the the fucking habanero like a oh, habanero wow. whiskey sauce on top of it boom i actually just made some i'm, I'm working with a nutritionist and i i made some fresh pico de gallo so good i beefsteak tomatoes yep cilantro classic classic garlic lime juice and normally I would put like a like dice jalapeno in there um, to give it a little bit of kick, but the the Trader didn't have like they just had a whole bag of jalapenos, and I was like, okay, oh, I only need one. They didn't have like singular, but then I was like in the aisle and I saw they had like habanero hot sauce, and I was like, that's it. I'm putting just a little dash in there. <clears throat> My dad does so uh, with for his pico. He does serrano. He does one serrano pepper. Yeah, yeah, which is one... hot, which is pretty. It's hotter than yeah. jalapeno a little bit more so. I would say maybe probably. Um, the thing about the serrano is interesting too. Is like it doesn't, but it doesn't linger. Like a jalapeno will kind of linger. Like right. serrano will be like really spicy and then it'll kind of go away. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. That would be it. it, would, it and like I said on the menu, it would have that extra like for for an extra two dollars, make it hot, make them hot or something like that. You know, what would be another like sandwich that I feel like Derek could get behind. Uh-huh. The bread uh-huh. is is just like uh like b- fried breaded steak <laughs> just more meat yeah just more meat and in the middle is like chicken legs oh, i like that okay and so the we're... whole the whole thing is just absolutely drenched in barbecue sauce i love it that's <laughs> dude i'm so so i'm gonna be uh i'm so mad i wish i had the money i'm not gonna i'm gonna be in california when the ufc comes to dallas um hilariously and that fight, that fight card is stacked. Specifically with Derek Lewis is on it. I'm mad. He's on it already. Yeah, he's on it. He's on it against Sergey something. Um, oh, Pavlovich. I did Pavlovich. hear about that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brandon Marino and Amanda Nunes are fighting, dude. I'm, oh my god. I'm pretty sad. I was like, man, I want to go to American Airlines Center and watch that. But it's okay. I'll be watching it from uh, from California. But either way, uh, we'll we'll see how that all all. Um, Place that shakes out. Anyway, you know what that reminds me of? When yeah. I was in when I was in Houston for UFC 275. Yep. Sandy hooked it up with some Delta Eight edibles, oh, and your boy was cooked. You know, I had way too many. You know what's crazy about Delta Eight is um, it hits different. Yeah, but what's what's weird about it is that it's legal to to use in Texas, and Texas is like a, a, a no. Well, it's federally legal. I'm pretty sure, like they. That was the whole thing about Delta is it came out as like the FDA or research and they found out that the THC levels are low enough to be like those are lies. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, but but also like the, the thing that they don't or maybe they know or whatever, the thing that's like the sneaky way about it is like yes, technically the levels are lower, right? But it hits your cannabinoid receptors differently because you're not used to it. And so it's not the same cannabinoid receptors that the regular THC does. So like it fucking goes like I have these ones that like they're like literally five milligrams per piece. I took one and I was flying high. Yeah. Like I, I, I went to see a, a show last night. It was a Tom, the who's Tommy, a rock opera. Perfect. So time if you've to ever watch heard it. like, um, yeah, if you've heard that's, I think it's like a concept album that, that they did release back in the day. Someone turned into a rock opera with like, 
it's really just the album, but they perform it with like character. They yep. they decided to make that into characters. And like, I don't know if the who wrote it to with certain things in mind, but a lot of it is kind of like story based. But it goes uh, like all over the thing. That the main the whole like thread is like the pinball wizard. Like that deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. Yeah. And I just knew I was like, this is a show I have absolutely no interest in watching sober. Yeah. I timed it out perfectly. I had an edible right before I left. It it, it hit, kicked in, right when they sat down. Yeah. I was like, and, and I sat down like two minutes before curtain went up because I was kind of yeah. like, I was like, oh boy. Only only, only uh, drawback of that, I was literally front row. And I was right in front of the orchestra pit, the loudest orchestra of all time. And I would say it's a rock opera, like you want them to be loud, but bro. Yeah. Like my friend was there. We didn't go together. Like she was a few rows behind me, but I, we saw her later. She had earplugs in. I was like, should I got, got the earplugs? I got earplugs. I was uh, fucking, cool. but yeah, it was so good. But anyway, thank you, Reiner, for the question. Yes. And now let's circle back to that segue earlier. Yeah. But let's segue to the segue yeah. we moved over. Yeah. About, uh, moves being legal um, This is a, a great question From our boy Dave L Hey guys, Dave L here Let's say medical technology suddenly improves And can completely recover people From any injury, and as a result The UFC goes completely no rules Eye gouging, groin strikes The works What fighting styles get better And what fighting styles get worse Thanks, love the show Such an amazing question, dude It's such a good question because we we listened to it juice just played it in the break for me as we were getting ready between that and i was like this is like such a like it's it's like an anatomy type of question right like yeah. the anatomy of of the fighting styles and also you know which ones get worse i'll, t- I'll tell you what i thought of i thought of a couple of things right away I well like, i will tell i will tell you that uh the one that's going to get implemented more is krav maga is 100% going to be way more implemented. Um, oh, fighting styles. That's a good... I yeah. was thinking of... No, not, not Krav Maga. Mahats. Ah. Uh, remember? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I have to know that story in a bit. But when he said which fighting styles, I was kind of thinking like specific fighters, like their styles. Like not necessarily like <laughs> okay. which martial art. Oh, so I think right, you're right, probably right. more correct. Well, maybe. I mean... Who knows? To be honest with you, that's a good point. Um, I mean, Dave L knows, but yeah, Dave L does. Know. That's true. Um, that's true. We can't can't call him up. We can't call him Lifeline. But um, and what which I was ones say is, get worse? For Ooh. me, I was thinking of like a style like Michelle Pareto, who's just fucking off the wall. Like, uh, oh, you, yeah. he would go back to his old style. Yeah, he would just be like, and like that's guys true. like Yuri too. Like the, yeah. the creative, inventive motherfuckers. Like that's the you know people what? that the are guy, better. You know what that guy the other week, the other a couple weeks ago, whose na- his nickname was the sniper that kicked that guy in the dick. He gets oh, Dean Barry. Yeah, he gets way. <laughs> Dean better. Barry's champion on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> amazingly <Russo>. better. <laughs> Just the sniper, and it's literally because he kicks people wow. in the dick. Can you imagine in that scenario if that if that was legal? That literally would have been a finish because because Michael Michael Jackson goes down instantly. He would have just started, he would have, you know, followed up with a ground and pound on the, on the floor. It would have been like, all right. Ah. Okay, yeah, take this spin kick and then now I'm going to finish you. Michael Jackson, Randy Jackson. No, it's Mike, it's Michael, Mike, Mike Jackson. Not Mike Michael. Jackson. I didn't go by Michael Jackson. This right. That's <laughs> but it's always a word. Like, yeah. Like he goes by Mike Jackson for the same right. reason that I don't so go by go my by nickname, Mike, which yeah, is exactly. Michael, or not my name, my middle name. I'm sorry. But like, yeah. That's why, like, people, people don't understand, like, why I'm so, like, adamant about being called Juice. Like, 
like okay a lot of people hate their uh first name like i know people yeah. who are named like something that like named after their grandfather or whatever right. it's like herschel or yeah like, herschel yeah or definitely. whatever like or i have a friend i went to college with her first name was angel which mm. i think is a good name but you know obviously she she doesn't like it go by her middle name danielle which i think danielle is a good name too so yeah like, exactly you know for me i can't fucking go by michael dude yeah i understand yeah. no I you can't nobody can and i can't go by my middle name i just can't yeah it's fine no, going option. by going by juice is 100 percent fine also you know the sniper with the dick kicks would be the champion so. yeah dean barry D- dean barry champion 2024 uh dick kicks. for dick kicks here's what i was gonna say though even in this uh like world where medical technology is advanced i still think the ufc wouldn't change. like that's how resistant to change the athletic commissions and the oh, UFCs wow. is like wow. even with a world where things could be instantly healed fucking nothing right but you know <laughs> you know what i was thinking mm. as far as finding styles like not specific fighters right vampires this is vampires what <laughs> what if, vamp- if if medical technology is okay, advanced, but he, he's not. <laughs> hey, this is already a fantastical world. There's vampires too. I decided. What is so hard to grasp about that concept? He's not talking about a, myth- am, a mythical being I'm being invented as well. Dude. How do you know vampires are real? Jeez, I'm so happy that you're like, oh, the advancement of technology has really advanced so far. Uh, let me just get a little mythical on you guys. You know, you know I'm thinking that because I'm literally thinking about uh, True Blood and how they heal with the, the V. The <laughs> yeah, I, blood. I know. <laughs> you don't have to explain. It's just funny, the idea that you were just like, there's going to be vampires fighting in the UFC now. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? No. The, um, would, if they were from the UFC, they would have to have their separate weight division because it wouldn't be fair or, or a separate league. Like that's where they would get like it would get real political. We're like, God. we just want the same rights. We want to be able to fight. <laughs> so it was like, okay, yeah, we want to be able to fight during the day, but we can't. Yeah, yeah. No one fights so, during the day. Yeah, anyway. but, yeah, before before we go any further, you have to take all the lore because you can't just say vampires and just no, forget no, forget that on. they don't like garlic or or that. <laughs> well, first of all, the garlic is a myth. Um, <laughs> They're not the whole just <laughs> the whole thing is a myth. <laughs> The whole thing is fake. It, pretty, it all pretty sure some exist. of this is in reality anyway. <laughs> the whole I, but thing. I said, they're not fighting during the day. Dude, no wait, I'm, sorry. During the day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still took that into account. Obviously, what are you referring to? You were referring to all the worlds where all the... <laughs> You're not even referring to classic vampires. You're referring to the ones that's saying, oh, us eating garlic is a myth. Anyway, like what? <laughs> I'm so confused. obviously I'm only referencing True Blood. Yeah, <laughs> this really went off the deep end. Well, this wow, that is so bad. What Dave, Dave probably had an exact way of how he thought we were gonna Dave, answer. He was thank like, you for the, the question. I thought it would be True Blood is True Blood Dave, vampires, fucking way far. Dave L, I, we have to thank you for the question. <laughs> it's so good. It, it obviously led us to the idea that vampires would be fighting in the UFC. Yeah. So. I, I don't understand. That's not the about. logical conclusion. Uh, for real, though. <laughs> which, which fighting styles get better? Which fighting styles get worse? Vampires. <laughs> to your point, that's not a style. <laughs> exactly. Being a vampire is not a style. 
They had the fighter meetings in the back, and Bruce Buffer's like, "Hi, right, welcome to the UFC. Nice to meet you." So I'm introducing you out of parts so unknown. I'm say you're a vampire, uh, you're, but also you're just training saying, out of somewhere in New Orleans because yeah, vampires. But, yeah, okay, but yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, hold on. It's, but his and, reference is also but, only true blood. <laughs> no, but even still, like that's the thing. Like, I mean, that's also just vampire diaries, but they're in New Orleans. Anyway. <laughs> That is so funny. Fighting out of this corner, this corner, this guy just happens to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but you listen, vampires, your fighting style. Now, <laughs> I don't want to get politically correct, but that's not a style. Just a, being a vampire. Wait till I get in there. I'm going yeah, to turn to it. Guess what? <laughs> also, they also, can't turn I, to bats, dude. But, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. But before we go any further, it actually applies to, <laughs> to Dave's idea because he said, Wow, I can't believe this all comes back full circle because Dave said the UFC doesn't have any more rules. So there's yeah. no rules yeah, that a guy can't turn gates. into a fire <laughs> and turn into a bat while he's in the ring. There's no rules against that. It really it reminds me of that um, Drew Bledsoe bit from back in the day, like when UFC was like no holds barred and not owned by Zufa yet. And it was like the, Z, the SCG days or whatever. And he was like, we have any ultimate fighting fans in the in the audience? And he was like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna join ultimate fighting. You gotta train in two styles. All the greats train in two styles. Mine's got a solid base of karate, and my other base or my other martial art, fencing. <laughs> but there's yeah. no rules. This isn't you don't have to follow fencing, and a fencing sword is like an antenna. So I'm just gonna whap, whap. Dude, I'm telling, dude, that is so stupidly hilarious dave l thank yeah. you for this very poignant question that we have bastardized with the idea that the true blood vampires will start fighting in the ufc bill compton would make an amazing coach you can't tell me he wouldn't yeah i you're right i suppose with eric actually yeah so i eric feel like coach, eric would yeah. be the coach and bill would be the fighter he'd <laughs> be like begrudging like i don't want to do this okay like, dude yeah. too bad you owe me bro true blood ufc fan fiction is something i was not expecting to get out of this episode Maybe I'll write it for the patrons. Yeah, maybe you should. Anyway, Dave L, thank you for the <laughs> Hold on. I do want to seriously ask the question because this, this deserves some some little bit of time. No, because, you gave the best answer. I mean, I did, but even if it's not serious, it's the but, best answer. But we didn't get but we didn't give an answer for what like what styles would get worse. Yeah. I think wrestlers, to be honest, like wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like they're very structured and very like rule oriented. And once you open up the flag, like there's some yeah. people that would adapt, most of them not. Yeah, how are they gonna wrestle a bat? <laughs> I can't, I'm not letting it go. I'm sorry. So yeah. whatever serious point you're about to make, I'm not letting it go. Yeah. I'm not letting it go. He literally <laughs> turned to a bat, <laughs> right? It says the takedown. Gregor Gillespie shoots it. <laughs> Bill turns to a bat. He's like, oh <laughs> it just it just face plants and fucking knocks himself out. It wow. Referee Mark Goddard has declared himself in this contest at round uh, three minutes and 40 seconds of round number two. Declaring the winner by turning into a bat. (laughs) I can't. Dude, I cannot. This is why you listen to this podcast. Yeah. We don't talk. What? What did we say this episode was called? Uh, We already had it. It's called Vampires. It's not called vampires. It's not called vampires. It's called, We're not it's gonna... called vampires are real. Get it's called va- it. vampires are sponsored by Ray uh, Ray uh, Ray Thompson. Ray Smith. 
Vampires are sponsored by Ray Thompson's Milk. Done. That is the official title. I can't imagine we're getting another three situation. But I'm just saying, you don't don't listen to this podcast anymore. Everyone that's listening, stop listening. Why? Okay? Because here's the thing. If you came here to talk about uh, the UFC and the structure of UFC, guess what? You're getting Ray Thompson coming in milk and vampires fighting the UFC. That's what's happening on this podcast. Honestly, that's a bonus. It's the biggest bonus. This is the most outlandish we've been in 2022 at this point. <laughs> this is the most outlandish I've ever heard you ever become to question. You said, he you know said, what? what? It more outlandish? I was being 100% yes, fucking serious. serious. He was, he was asked like, an honest question. He asked an <laughs> honest question and your answer was vampires. I would not like to take this time to talk about vampires. I can't. Okay. You might say I'm furthering the vampire agenda. <clears throat> I love it. I, this is. This will go down. This this is this will go down. This no. This this will go down as one of our one of our better ones. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! Oh, Dave wow! Bell, thank you. Wow! That. Thank you for the question, Dave. L. You know what's so amazing <laughs> about this episode too is that like. We got that question from Rhino, and I was like, this is probably the best question we've ever gotten. And then Dave L comes in at the buzzer. That question came in, like, right before we started recording. I was like, yeah, but, dude. But you can't. It's the it's <laughs> I didn't know how good it was, too. I was just like, wow. It's the logistics. It's the logistics of, of our, the way our brands work. It's the logistics of us answering the questions like any, any, <laughs> any. Any serious question hilariously, and any hilarious question, question seriously. seriously. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I have to write down the title of the episode because we sometimes forget at the end, but I don't know how I'm going to forget it, but I'm just going to write it down because it is very funny. Um, vampires are real. Vamp- yeah. <laughs> it's not vampires are real. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Damn, I, I get it. Well, I, I'm going to get... Yeah, I turn you into a bird. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> such a dumb announcement and then if someone beats the vampire it's like declare the winner by literal crucifixion oh wow i can't all the lore is okay all right okay thank you dave l for the question do we have any other voice questions or anything that we can i mean i think we just end the episode like it's (laughs) no we have another voice question oh great um fuck dude that was so funny it was I'm serious. I was I was so serious. I know you I were. Like, you know, if everything's allowed, why not get vampires in there? Uh, and you know what the worst part is? Like, I feel like whatever we've gone so off the rails is because one or both of us was high, completely sober, completely sober. Completely right sober. Now, or, I've had yeah. like four hours sleep, so that I mean, yeah, that's probably know, sometimes that's like the brain waves are firing, <clears throat> the synapses are a little off. Um, here is um, the homie. MMA catfish. And I have to continue the tradition of reading these transcripts from Google Voice because sometimes like they get worse and worse. And here's the transcript of, of his voicemail. It says, hold on. I keep burping. Um, it says, hey, Julie. Oh, baby. It's the end of the catfish, man. That pawns a Navy. Oh, Michelle Pierre. A fight was downright fun. I really enjoyed that. 
They both seem really big for once. You have any, but especially PRPA. I mean, he just, he looks really, really big, huge watching it. <laughs> wow, that's a good. This is a... so bad. I want to read the whole thing. Well, I can't spoil it. We're going to play it. Yeah. Hey, Julio, baby. It's the Emily Catfish. Man, that Ponzinibbio Michelle Pierre fight was downright fun. I really enjoyed that. You know, they were pretty impressive, and it was it was just a good damn fight. Um, they both seem really big for 170, but especially Pierre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, he just he looks really, really big. You know, watching it, I thought to myself, man, this is some good competition potentially in the future for Usman. But then watching how fucking tired and sloppy they were at the end of the third, I'm like, these guys would be just absolutely trashed if they try to do a five-round fight. So they both need to work on that. But fun fight. Really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was funny calling out Jorge Masvidal. Like, <clears throat> if you look at Jorge's record, it's amazing he's even ranked number eight. Now, I know the rankings are pretty fake and bullshit, but even that's generous. And it's also amazing that the guy fought for the title twice. There's three losses in a row, twice for the title, and then a loss to Kobe. Walking over his record, that motherfucker has hardly beat any welterweights that are one real welterweights or we're fucking washed like Jake Ellenberg. Like, huh. absolutely pathetic. Does not fucking belong at 170. And it's a fucking joke he ever fought for the title twice at 170. Fucking ridiculous. Also, I noticed, Juice, that Ponzinibbio is from Coconut uh, Creek, Florida. I can't help but think that maybe if he had just brought the coconut bombs, he would have won it. FMP for life. So... So, by the way, so not a question at all, but I love oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> but I do love that Masvidal energy. I like. I like. That's the second them. time he's called him out. By the way, I remember that like a few fights ago he called him out too. What I mean, and is I think is- that was kind of a joke at that time because I think that was when Masvidal had like just fought for the title. So I was like, okay, but now it's like it's I, a little more realistic. But honestly. I like it that yeah yeah especially with what the stats he just said. It's a good yeah, and people jump up numbers all the time i mean you know uh hamza uh chemaev and uh islam makachev both examples of like oh uh, uh you're 15 now let's fight the number three guy like hamza and gilbert burns no i meant <clears throat> i meant of different divisions oh, i just oh, meant, you meant like hamza and islam separately those yeah those jumps of like yeah oh you fought three guys okay your number you're ranked uh number eight or you're ranked you know you're ranked you just got in the top 15 do you want the number four guy like you know, yeah. like that. So, so Michelle Pereira fighting um, uh, Jorge Masvidal, like 100%. eighth, eighth ranked. Let's and you it. know what? Like for me, <clears throat> the next step for for Pereira is not like like okay. Normally, when a guy is like on a streak that isn't ranked or he just gets in the rankings, okay, like let's see him against the top ten. Let's see him. I just want to see him go five rounds. Yeah, let's get him into a main event with Headline Jorge a, a fight night somewhere in Florida. With fucking Masvidal, once he clears his legal issues, if that's even a thing. I mean, people have, by the way, people have fought in the UFC while being still on trial. Like Vulcan Uzdemir was like doing some with some serious legal issues one time and still fought for the title. Like they can figure shit out, by the way. Um, But Jorge and then and Michelle Pereira headline a fucking fight night. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a fight I would love to see. Great. I mean, especially with with how we saw both of them kind of gassed and 
yeah, they ju- he just really needs to work on that. And hopefully they can see him kind of get tested there. And he definitely knows he needs to work on it because like he has, and, and, and I, maybe it's like fallen by the wayside, but like he obviously they got like dog walked by Tristan Connolly and gassed out. And that was a major part of it. Um, he gassed himself out and like barely hung on in that fight. The only reason Tristan didn't finish him is because he was half his size, like two weight classes below. And, and meanwhile, Michelle should be fighting up a weight class. Like he's really a, he's a huge ass welterweight, mm-hmm. but this, but he fixed a lot of those issues too. Like the, I want to say it was like the chaos Williams fight. He went the distance. There was the other fight with the, the Russian dude. He went the distance. Like <clears throat> he didn't gas out entirely in those fights. And right. In this fight, I think he definitely, I don't know if he was trying too hard or whatever, like, or the, the cardio wasn't there. Maybe, maybe Ponsonibio was like throwing him off his game more, which gets you more tired, but he's definitely been working on it. But, but to your point, they did gas and that is an issue. So I think like, like I said, for me, the next thing I want to see from yeah. him is a, is just, a five, just a five round. Doesn't matter who just with the, yeah, that's a good Even, point. I mean, I always go to the, the default of like headlining a, a fight night when you want to see someone go five rounds, but honestly, like. With the them setting a precedent of doing like five round, yeah, yeah they don't care for non-title fights. Yeah, on pay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could do it on a pay per view, like fucking like Usman versus Leon. Stick them, stick them on the on the fucking. Yeah. I agree. They, yeah, they're really just changing that up, huh? Remember, it's like only, only, only the main event, only, and then all of a sudden, well, it just like, it just proves that they can do whatever they want with the contracts. Like, yeah, they literally can do whatever they want. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you for the question. Uh, statements that we yeah have hashed out yeah and and honestly fuck coconut bombs it's a terrible okay. nickname fair yeah it's fair fair terrible nickname yeah all right um <clears throat> might be the worst nickname in all of combat sports <laughs> wow you. wow you just keep going in further <laughs> um before we get into the uh twitter forum we have a dm from our homie phil the mma dude oh great uh, long time since we've heard from from phil um co-host of the split decision podcast he said what's to make of jailton almeida's performance do you think he'd better he'd be better going back down to 205 or staying at heavyweight what's his ceiling in the division for whichever division you think he'd be better in uh ooh, after watching that performance uh, uh, i mean not to not to give and take anything away from parker porter but like who's parker porter i no, well, you don't have to be rude or anything like that. No, I just mean like first of all the um, the weight disparage like from both like forty pounds like um so uh, and and no. Parker was forty pounds heavier, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think Almeida. I, I think Almeida needs to needs to go back stay at two hundred five. Yeah, and he he said as much <clears throat> in his post fight interview. They're like, "What's the deal with this?" He was like. I just trying to get a fight and like yeah circumstantial exactly like, yeah, yeah exactly like <clears throat> I don't think he made plans to make a rub but like to that point though I think like when really athletic two hundred fivers go up to to heavyweight they have some success because like yeah. they're not used to dealing with someone with that kind of speed or athleticism of course um, and like if they can't use their weight to throw them around then like they're in for a bad night and that's what we saw you know like you got to have like devastating power or. What's, know, the, what's the what's the what's the number by the way the the heavyweight number what's the cutoff like oh 265 from, is the maximum no b- b- uh under what's the oh it's literally anything above well technically 206 is the limit oh so anything uh, so like, 207 above, to 65 um there was a fight mm-hmm. and i want to say the guy 
I forget his name. He was a Brazilian guy. He reminded me very much of like a young JDS, mm-hmm. but he made his debut, uh, UFC debut, a couple of years ago. <sighs> maybe it was longer than I'm thinking because I want to say I thought maybe Brian Stan was on the call or something, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Anyways, he had apparently like lied and told them he was going to weigh 230. Like, cause like that was his UFC debut short notice. Like he had just won like contender series or whatever at 205. And they were like, Hey, can you make, do short notice heavyweight fight? How much do you weigh? And he was like, Oh, 230. And they were like, perfect. Weighs in at 210. Oh, wow. And King Mo used to do that too. King Mo would fight at 205, but he would like, he liked to not cut weight. But he would also fight fight a heavyweight. He was like, I don't give a fuck. Like he was like money weight, whatever. He would weigh in like two seventeen. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. That, that, that so interestingly enough that 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 division is that way. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's really like any any way because you could fight like there's heavyweights that have the weight in like two fifty versus someone two thirty, so it's twenty one pounds apart. But anything in that is is fair game. That's why I kind of think that they should do implement like a cruiserweight division, mm-hmm. like somewhere between like you know like two twenty. Mm-hmm. get like like 220 you know some big 205ers that may have a hard time making way but aren't quite heavyweights yeah make I that agree. Cru- yeah, I think that, yeah i think that makes a little bit more sense too i especially mean especially like if they'd done a few years ago someone like stipe would have had an opportunity to be a double champ because yeah. like stipe probably can't really make 205 or if he did it would be unhealthy uh-huh. he can fucking make 220 he went yeah. in 230 for the friends and gone fight like not really cutting weight so like or 230 yeah. and chain like 237 something, yeah. or something. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think that's the most logical answer, especially with the way the heavyweight division is going now. Um, and the 205 division with something like that, like what we saw last night. I think, but I, I do think, like I said, Almeida is probably going to stay at 205. I mean, yeah. He didn't. To that, to that end, with the second part of Phil's question, <clears throat> like what's his ceiling in that division then in 205? Maybe top 10. Or like, yeah. like literally rank 10, like not in the top 10, like literally like. Somewhere in that 15 through 10 range, like just about 10, like ranked 11. Like, I don't really see him. I mean, depends depends on the matchups. It depends. Like, you know, he has, he has good jujitsu obviously. And um, he's also like, he has a fair amount of knockouts on his record. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a finisher, but you know, he's going to meet someone like a, like a Khalil who like, if you can't get him out of there, it's going to be a tough night. And like, if you blow your load in the first round, yeah. Fucking eat him alive. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna well, imagine I'm gonna Khalil say, at cruiserweight. I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna say the, the his ceiling is eight. Mm, that's fair. I think he can. I think he can break top ten. I just think that that the way that two hundred five is now, there's just yeah. two. There's what four? Isn't Paul Craig ranked eight? Because <laughs> we're talking about the the Uzdemir fight. Yeah, I think he, like if Uzdemir is nine, which I think is the case. It's mm-hmm. either Paul Craig is nine and, and he's eight, but I think Paul mm-hmm. Craig is eight and Uzdemir yeah. is nine. Um, he can beat Uzdemir. I feel like Jilton Almeida could beat Uzdemir. So that's yeah. Fair. So, you know, that's where I think his ceiling is. All Great right. question, Phil. You guys got to check out the fucking, I'm about to say the friendly decision the podcast. Friendly, the friendly it's definitely decision. not the friendly yeah. decision, the split decision podcast with him and the fight geek who does not listen to the show. Um, <laughs> every time. Every time. Um, oh wait a minute, Leo. We, we were blessed from a, a last minute question from Decrons. Um, I'm so glad he listened because he commented that he missed the cutoff. Which, to be fair, um, I had said 3:30 and he did. He said that at 4:07. But hey, here we are. We always we're having always a good time. time. There's always having a, time. Having a great time. I'm gonna pull it up right now. I haven't even listened. This is gonna be live. We're doing it live. Mm-hmm. Here we go. 
Hey, what the fuck's up, Juice, Leo, friendly sparring family? Uh, better late than never, I guess. Um, the the fights were all right, I guess. They're I don't know. Uh, Holly got <laughs> fucked for sure. Um, Zhang Young Park, I love that dude. I know it's not always fan friendly, but I I happen to be a big fan of him. I love him. The Iron Turtle's a dope nickname. Um, I'd like each of you to hit me up with a relatively unknown fighter that you're a fan of that really might surprise people. And in honor of that dope-ass nickname, the Iron Turtle, I'd like each of you to give each other a nickname for this episode. <laughs> I love you guys. Can't wait to listen to the show. Peace. Great. Oh, I was literally thinking, even before the end, I was thinking how, like, I'm so glad he called him because generally, like, Gcron's questions, they they fill me up with, like, warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. It's a great question. Uh, un- unexpected uh, fighter, an unknown fighter that we unexpectedly mm-hmm. that would make surprise uh, people. Bill Compton. <laughs> it's not a fight. You're making him up in a, in a, in a mythical man, man. world. <laughs> you know. um, no, honestly, my answer is a guy who you may not have heard of. Obviously. Well, I would say maybe Obviously, only one answer, you're answering the question perfectly. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, there's some like, like I could, I could say someone that's like, you know, like LFA, you know, on mm-hmm. the come up, like, like guys like, like Rhino, like loves those shows and probably knows a lot of these guys from like CFFC. Actually, I have, a, I have a, a name that I, I think of right now that it was not the original one, but John Gotti, the third fucking literally of the grandson of the famous crime boss, John Gotti fights MMA. You may have seen him on, I think CFFC or CSC, CEC, Mm -hmm. one of those fucking new England shows. The guy's a killer dude. Like he's so entertaining to watch to me. And like, I think he's had some losses. Like he's he's not perfect uh, as far as I know, but he's, he's still young in his career. I think he's going to hopefully make it to the UFC one day. And if he does, it's going to be an amazing story. Um, I've, I've talked about um, Mandel Nalo, uh, Rat Garbage. One of the mm-hmm. all time great nicknames, by the way, Rat Garbage, um, who's a phenomenal fighter over in Bellator. But the one I was originally thinking of, and Mandel Nalo is Canadian, by the way. So shout out to our homies in Canada, like Decron's calling in. Frank Wells. He fought on some of those other shows that I mentioned, CFFC. Um, he was on the card. Remember from several months ago, you guys may remember I drove down to Atlantic City because mm-hmm. that guy was fighting and some other people from the gym near me um, T that T-Cross used to train at or maybe still does. Bro, that guy's fucking good. And I've seen him take some L's, you know, uh-huh. but he's talented as fuck and he's, he's athletic. Um, I think he's going to... I think he's going to be really good. Remember the name I'll say, because he's still got some stuff to work on and still got to get notoriety. still got to meet the right people to make the right connections. But Frank Wells will be a name to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in somewhere like Bellator PFL within the next like two years. The consistency of the people that I watch, um, it's like, like the only person I can really think of that I, I've really kind of grown um, a little bit of a shine to and have, have tried to watch um that are a little bit unknown is, is like someone like Lupe um, Godinez, like that's kind of starting to make a name for herself. Um, I got one for you. Uh, Bahamondes, your guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignacio Bahamondes. Ignacio Bahamondes. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I also back him as well. Yeah. There, there's fighters that kind of do these. You're the, you're the biggest Bahamondes fan I know. Like, for real. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, like, come on, you don't. Yeah, it was I mean, great. 
it was an amazing kick. But I mean, like, I'm more a fan of the kick itself. But I, I do think that, um, you know, those. Uh, you know, I used to, I used to think that, even though he got cut from the UFC and got knocked out heavily, was uh, James Vick. I thought he was going to be okay. Yeah, uh, but just got literally got punched out of the UFC by Justin Gaethje. <laughs> like. Uh, essentially um, the whole like downfall of james vick was just so pretty big yeah it was pretty i like that was one of the fighters like kate doesn't know very many fighters james Mm. vick is one of them yeah and she like has like heard like seen a few interviews with him where he's like a family man stuff and she like she's like i really like him i really hope he does well and like finding out that he's a fucking still with team lloyd Irvin, like piece of shit just absolute fucking yeah trash. he I don't, I don't know when he got cut i know he's not fighting anymore I, he got cut mm, i think he fought recently he might have really? retired i'm gonna pull up his record right now i think no i think we would have known uh, you mean like in a different <laughs> association yes no he oh, was okay. not in the ufc like i think got it was like it, got i think he fought in like a lower regional and still got knocked out and it might have been the post that's like i think he, i think he might have realized like okay if i can't fucking do this let's see yeah yeah, because he he fights out of Fort Worth. Oh, maybe I'm mistaken. Oh. And maybe someone else. I mean, it still was. So like his last UFC fight, it wasn't actually Gaethje, because like he got knocked out by Gaethje. He lost oh. to Paul Felder. Mm-hmm. Got knocked oh. the fuck out by Dan Hooker. And then oh, his last says... knockout was that weird up kick from Nico Price. Yeah. That was his last oh. in the UFC. But you know, uh... damn, what a what a what a knockout skid, huh? Oh, it says here, it says here, oh, I'm looking it up. It says here he was, uh, it says he was, he was turned into a vampire. <laughs> oh my God, dude. James Vick is a vampire would be fucking. <laughs> That's not, I don't want to go down this road. I don't want to, I don't know why I said it. But I what I was going to say road. is his last loss and last fight at all is uh, from the promotion called XMMA, where he headlined versus uh, Andre yeah. Fallio, which is who's now in the UFC. We call it X UFC anyway. Um, but uh, that was in January. Dang, dude, what a row of people beating the shit out of you. You get knocked know, up dude. by Justin Gaethje. Paul Felder gives you the business, Dan Hooker gives you the that business. That was a war, like he got his fucking ass beat by Paul Felder, and then Nico Price up kicks you, and you get damn Dan Hooker with that fucking left hook, just clean KO, fucking up kick from Nico Price, and a and TKO from Andre Fialio. Yeah, just anyway, trash. So, yeah. Uh oh, and then we're supposed to give each other. I mean, oh yes, ju- juice, juice the vampire Jackson. Uh, that's his nickname, and mine is. Um, you can give me mine, but I gonna I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what mine is because Venezuelan fighter obviously gave himself his own nickname. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give mine, and mine is. Uh, <laughs> mine is um, Leo Ray Thompson's Milk Hernandez. Uh, i'm drinking the milk too baby i'm gonna get good what if your nickname was chingasso oh wow leo <laughs> chingasso wow what would uh, what would my fighter nickname be uh i think it would be the the lone wolf oh i like that it's kind of gay but okay <laughs> yeah well it's pretty generic it's literally literally would you rather be the gay wolf 
that's a good name. Right. There's <laughs> that, a guy named the Gay that's, Wolf. That's Instantly a Stan. <laughs> Instantly Stan. Doesn't matter I don't his know. style. Like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how we've done it. I don't know how it's possible that we've absurdly answered every single question. Three questions, or we've had three subjects that have come up. I would say we actually were pretty serious with with Ty Fly Guy's question. Other than that, it's been straight fucking absurdity. <laughs> Gay wolf. Gay wolf. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, I got to And he walks up to Duran Duran. I'm hungry. hungry like the world. And I don't know why I'm walking like that because gay men walk normal. Okay. I'm, but, but, but he plays into it. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. That's a, that's the personality. <laughs> I, dude, uh-huh. he's doing fucking YMCA's. He's walking out. Like, oh, dude. I would love it. The gay wolf. And he just knocks the people the fuck out. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, dude, I love wow, it. We're making a mythical, dude. This is all of the episodes in one. Okay. All All the right. episodes. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's wow. I have to change the title of our, yeah. our episode now. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Gay vampire um, milk. Yeah. Gay vampire milk. We're not. I'm, it's a very long title. This one's gonna be a long title, and I don't care because it's good. Yeah. Because it's everything encompassed in it, and you wouldn't believe it if you read it. You're like, what the hell? Um. Okay. Okay, so thank you, uh, D. Kranz, for that. Thank you for that amazing, amazing yeah. question. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. We have four Twitter questions. Uh, yeah, we do, actually. Um, so the first one is from our girl, Sandy Pants, at Sandy Pants MMA. Mm-hmm. She says, I would like to know what y'all thought about the judging overall, and do you think they'll give Holly a title shot anyway? <laughs> <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be hilarious you know what's funny to me about this question like i uh i saw it when i hadn't um hadn't watched the fights yet i watched i watched all the prelims mm-hmm. and then and, and then i had to run to to go to my show um so and then i watched the main card this morning i actually thought i missed some of the prelims and i was looking back i was like oh no i watched everything I had gotten it spoiled for me already, but I hadn't watched the fight. So I knew Holly lost, but I thought maybe it was like, I didn't know it was controversial, mm-hmm. but I had looked at that. And I was like, Oh, that's like, you know, whole like Dana white privilege thing. And then I was like, no, this is actually legit. And it reminds me of like, it, I immediately, once I saw the fight and was thinking about Sandy's question, I instantly thought of the Jose Aldo versus Marlon Moraes fight where they like Marlon won, but they were like, you know, the judges got that one wrong. We're giving the title shot to Jose Aldo. Like, <laughs> so disrespectful. I mean, uh, is there a very high chance that Caitlin Ke- loses her title fight? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, especially with, with something like that. But, you know, who knows what she's going to work on in the gym. She has tools that can, you know, that make her her own boss. Um, yeah. Just like Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> But uh, they they give you the tools <laughs> to be your own boss. But um, but I don't know. I just if they give Holly the title shot, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. <laughs> as far kidding. as what's as far as what's next for Holly, here's my two predictions. Neither of which would surprise me at all. She ends up fighting for the featherweight title, or even like maybe like interim some sort of interim title uh-huh. next, <clears throat> or she fights Katie Taylor in boxing. Oh yeah, very possible. And like, 
I've said this on a couple of podcasts. Like, we got to give, we got to put some respect on Holly Holmes' name. Like all yep. these fighters calling out boxers, every fucking week there's a headline of Kamaru Usman and, or and or his manager calling out Canelo for a boxing match. Yeah. Boring. Don't want to see it. Stop calling for that. <clears throat> You're an idiot. But Holly Holm is literally a Hall of Fame boxer. She's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame this year. She has the credentials. Like yeah. as far as like how the sports progressed, like and where she is in her career age-wise too, like I'm not saying she would beat Katie Taylor, but I'm saying she deserves to try. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, drop the mic. You literally drop Light, the mic. Lightly drop the mic. Gingerly drop the mic. Gingerly place the mic. Yeah. Mic place. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, let's let's let Holly fight. Let's let Holly get some money for boxing. The fucking fake outrage that would happen if they give Holly the towel shot. Can you imagine? <laughs> People would be so up in arms. It's like, hey, guys, do you forget that this is a fake sport? Oh wow, like, fake I'm not calling it fake. Like obviously, I'm like I'm not one of those people that thinks the UFC is like fixed or whatever. But like, do you realize that like belts and shit don't matter? Like, yeah. like this all contrived. That, that's what I mean. Like, do you realize this is a fucking wackadoo sport that has no like credence to anything? It is wackadoo. Wackadoo. Wackadoodle do. <laughs> this episode has everything. I don't know what's happening, but we're we're on one. Um, uh, we are, we are on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, um, Sandy Pants, for the question. Yeah, thank you, Ms. Pants. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello, Ms. Pants. Hello, Ms. Lady. Yep. I think I can help out with the well, Holly Holm making... title shot dilemma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two Step Brothers references. Two Step Brothers references. Um, this is... From from our girl wholesome mma she says i would like you to vaguely entertain the hilarity of what if pereira ends up in the top 10 lmfa <laughs> just the, the fucking concert of that sentence makes me lose my shit dude <laughs> vaguely entertain like we kind of already did right like i was just yeah. like hey like the next stop for Pereira is like is really one of the like that fight with like Jorge Masvidal. <clears throat> but to take that a step further then since we already kind of went there like can you imagine if he fucking ends up in the top five like can you imagine michelle Pereira versus hamza chamayev Hamza diving for takedowns. Like, wow, interesting. Michelle brings out the old school Michelle. He's flipping off the cage. That, He's like, you can't catch me, brother. What an interesting fight that would be. That would be so. I mean, a lot of people think that would be incredibly yeah. one sided. Right. The thought of it is but the thought of it, But the thought of it not being one sided would be very interesting because obviously it would be Hamza just especially dominating, but... in, in Dave L's universe. Not the one with the vampires that I fucking contrived, but without them, like, in a really no rules, no holds barred scenario oh, between wow. those two, like I, oh, I want to yeah. see that fight in a fucking parking lot. Like I want to yeah, see that absolutely. fight in, a KFC, in the yeah. in the in the KFC. No, I want to see it in the karate combat pit. Um, oh yeah, like, they... out of all the arenas mm. to fight in, like the that karate cool. combat one is my favorite with like the little ramp on the side. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's it's great. Yeah, it's fucking sweet. Um, yeah. Well, that's us vaguely entertaining the hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me too like this someone framed the question like like never has anyone in the history of this show been like 
can you vaguely kind of maybe do this? <laughs> I love it. Like, vaguely entertain the hilarity. <laughs> but seriously, like it's to me, great. it's not outside of the realm of possibility. It's like not that far out. Like, what are the rankings right now? I'm gonna pull up these fucking UFC rankings, UFC welterweight rankings. Mm. Okay, so at the top, you obviously have Kamara Usman. Number one contender, Colby Covington. Leon Edwards, Hamza Chimaev, Gilbert Burns. Law Muhammad, number five. Sorry, be Wonder Boy, I forgot. <clears throat> yeah. By the way, Tony roasting him was one of my favorite things. Where yeah, like, you'll never, you'll be, never the be the sunglasses, sunglasses guy. <laughs> Amazing. I really need new headphones. I keep sliding. Um, okay, but number six, Vicente Luque. I don't hate that fight. Michelle Pereira and Vicente? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't hate that fight. Seven, Wonder Boy Thompson. Wonder Boy versus Michelle Pereira, dude. These are all great fights for him. Obviously, we talked about number eight, uh, Jorge Masvidal. Number nine, Sean Brady. Very bad fight for him. Probably the worst matchup besides Hamzat. Mm-hmm. Neil Magny, number ten. Yeah, Neil. And- That's a winnable fight, and Neil keeps calling for these for these fucking up and comers. I mean, Michelle's kind of a little bit older, but but still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number okay. 11, Kiesa. Bad, bad matchup for him. Um, yeah, imagine if he just leapfrogs all these motherfuckers and fights Jorge Masvidal. Sean Brady would be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, dude. Well, thank you, Wholesome MMA, for that question. Yes, thank you, Wholesome MMA. Um, I always feel like I want to plug like, like her business. Like If you're in the San Francisco area, Get your hair done by her. If, if I was in the area, I would have her dye my hair 100%. Like, I was like, give me blue and silver or whatever the fuck else you got. It's like, yeah, fucking... it's uh, it's always so well done. And she has, yes. uh, she's got a really good knack for like, just like yes, seeing it like on a, it. Yes. on a scientific level. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, that's, yeah. you know, it's a lot of thought as opposed to somebody being like, mm-hmm. this is what works, you know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, our homie Jamal, the son of Thomas McTavish, mm-hmm. aka the artist formerly known as Cyrus King, asked us a question: Should Holly retire? And I said, "Oh, a question from the King of Ass. We're not worthy." And he said, "Stop, lol. I've just been so casual, missing most fight nights live. That's just so funny to me." Um, but you guys should go check out his podcast. He does great work over there, talking about. Um, a little bit of MMA, a little bit of food and culture, and a lot of uh, talk about ass and hot pass. I love um, it. Um, should no. Holly retire? No. no. Like Not I said, after... she's getting up there. Like, like I was a few weeks ago, I found out she was 40, and I was like, okay, Holly. I knew she was like, I think when she knocked out Ronda, she was like 35 or something uh-huh. like that. So I knew. Um, actually, no, that would have been because that was 2015. That's seven years ago. She would have been 33. But even I remember like, like the height of Holly's, you know, Rain like, the UFC, she was like 35. Mm-hmm. But it just, it just, I it didn't even register. I was like, what? Holly oh, almost 40, 40 years old? Yeah. Crazy. But no, I don't think she should try. Like no. I said, she should go up and fucking rematch Amanda for the featherweight belt. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think at the very least, I believe she has probably till the end of uh, 23. Yeah, she has, a, she has at, she has at least, least one one a year and a half left. Yeah, at the very least. 
So yeah, and like I said, it also depends on what. Like if if they give her a fucking time in boxing. Yeah. Imagine um, if she gets released from her UFC contract and gets to go do some boxing fights and now like we like on the big stage that she deserves because like that'd be cool. she was kind of toiling in obscurity when she was a boxer. Mm-hmm. Now women's boxing has been given more of a platform. Uh huh. Yeah, I think it's. I think that would be the best move for her specifically. Yeah. But no, do not retire. All right. So this next question is from, and thank you, Cyrus. This next question is from the real Kevin Hall at the real Kevin H a five ran out of space there. Um, his profile picture is those dummies. I think they call him Bob. You put for the video patrons. You see those. Yes. Like, uh, strike dummies. I, yeah. The strike dummies, bro. When I was training um, like uh, martial arts, when I was like in high school, I think it was like 16. That was my favorite fucking one to beat up on. Like he's basically you hit him with a body shot. It's like <clears throat> feels like the closest it's gonna feel. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> just checking out his profile, dude. He posts a picture of himself shirtless, drinking a beer, and says, "What's my reach?" It's this picture, and the caption says, "What's my reach?" I'm following instantly. Um, instant follow. <laughs> he says, "How would fights end up if no one had a corner?" Or if the corner could only coach between rounds and stay silent during the round, leaving literally everything up to the fighter. Would it make for less exciting fights or would they be more interesting? I think about this sometimes too. Like some fighters have gone in with with no corner or minimal corner. Like Mike Perry fought fucking Mickey Gall with just Mm -hmm. his fucking girlfriend, baby mama, LaTori in the corner. Or as KGB likes to call her, Lattery. Oh, so funny yeah. when she says that. Yeah. Um, huh. I don't... I mean, obviously, it depends on from fighter to fighter, but like just as a general as a whole, I think it would be... Damn, that's so weird. Because you see some some fighters in the moment taking that that advice when they're in their corner and they people talk about that being an advantage whenever like they're up against the cage on, on, yeah. you know, on the, on the fighters corner side. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I thought about, or no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, go on. Uh, go on. I was just, just saying, formulating the thought, I guess. When he said, or they could only coach between rounds, but not during the fight. I was thinking, what are the reverse of that? Like, in between rounds, the only people that started to come in is the cut man, just to like patch you up and like whatever, and doctor that needs to check in on anything. But like they can't mm. give advice, sort of like when there's a foul or whatever. But they yeah. could be shouting stuff during the fight. Imagine how things w- would be different then. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if that would be. I, I'm curious if that would be. I think it might be. It definitely would be more exciting. But it would also make yeah. the it would also make what the people are saying outside of the ring more specific because when they're on the yes. stool, it's so incredibly specific. Um, yeah, unless they're like at their wits end and they just are not good at yeah. motivating people, hey, yeah, like, shouting yeah. obscenities. Exactly, and what it sounds like from the outside, it sounds a lot like okay, play this, play this one, two, play that. Okay, she's going for this, she's coming for that. <clears throat> it would just make that a lot more specific as to like what they're. Yeah, I think it would just make it a lot more specific as to what your situation of, of them only being able to do it outside. Because if you can't do it whenever they're sitting down, it's like you get the breather. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it, your sense, your way kind of makes more sense. Like they don't have to, they're, they're resting. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
exactly and I, like i often feel like certain fighters like they're depending on the situation they're not getting a lot out of those like corner that corner advice like mm-hmm. it de- obviously depends on the relationship between the corner and the fighter and like you know what they're in need of but if they're just dog tired and the arena's loud if it's you know arena with fans they're not fucking paying word one attention they're not paying attention to word one of that advice they're just like okay yeah i just want like whatever because you see all the times like i'll see a, a, a coach give like what i think is really sound technical advice or like come on the overhand is there she's dropping her left just go mm-hmm, for it or whatever mm-hmm. and then they go in and do the complete opposite like, yeah that is going in one ear and out the other too right but we've seen a couple of times. I think that's the thing. Yeah. We haven't seen like enough times where the corner has, the advice has been incredibly detrimental in the sense of like, like the whole, like the Aspen Ladd one is a very good example. Yeah. Um, the, or the Ronda get- Rousey one <clears throat> against Holly Holm where Ronda got her fucking ass beat in the first round and Emma goes, we got her right where we want her. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean in, in the, in the positive effect of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Taking the most effect after someone's, uh, James Cross's fighters, whenever they lose the first two rounds, and James goes, "You need to finish. You need to fucking go out there and finish this fight," and they do it. Right. That's a good point. So Which actually, I just learned that Brandon Moreno is training with James Cross. Really? Yeah. Uh, I listen. I've talked about this before. I listened to uh, Ablemos MMA with uh, with Danny Segura, and mm-hmm. he did a little little entrevista, a little in- interview with. I sound so fucking pretentious when I say it like that. But he did an okay. interview with uh with with Brandon Moreno, and they were like talking about training with James Krause, uh, and I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, that's gonna be. I mean, Kai Car France and and Moreno is gonna be a sick fight. A I sick hate rematch. that I love both of them. Yeah, yeah, they fought already, and Brandon beat him. But I think where they're at now is a little more interesting. Like Kai's proven to be. Yeah. He's so. he's definitely got a better grappling defense, I'll say, and that's Brandon's like bread and butter. Yeah, but Brandon can strike too. Ooh, <clears throat> to to go back to to circle back to the question, I think it would make fights in in his in his version of it. I, I think it would make fights less exciting. I think it's dependent, though. It, right, kind of would. would tell, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like, each fight, but I just mean like a lot of times, like these adjustments that are happening in the mid fight, sometimes like fighters will kind of just lead themselves towards what they think is, is working. And you'll watch a fight and be like, Oh, that wasn't working at all. And, and, and if, if you didn't have anyone saying like, Hey, try something a little bit different, but I don't know. It's like we said, the idea that it's not positively affecting the fight for corner advice. Usually it's not like a quick adjustment or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think it would make, probably make it a little less exciting just as a, a overall whole. I think fighters would just kind of follow their same. If they wouldn't have that that voice in their head, I think it would just be them <laughs> being like, what's the game plan that we came up with? Not exactly. In the and then they'd right. be like, oh, yeah, right. I got to go after that. Like that person takes down so much. Okay, I got to make sure I do that consistently. And then it's like, oh, well, they're changing that that game plan. I was like, what was the game plan? <laughs> you know, It's like, oh, well, it's different. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, the more the more we're talking about, like that, this really depends on if you're watching live or on TV. Because when it's the when it's like the main event where they don't cut to a fucking commercial break between rounds, and you actually get to hear the cornering, uh-huh. I like that when I'm watching at home. It's a it's it's good. Like even if I disagree with the advice or whatever, it's part of the experience for me. Like like I said, yes, we talked about in the past with the commentary. Like I never mute the commentary uh-huh. even if I hate them. It's part of the experience. And like. 
but if you're watching the fights live, you can't hear shit. They and mm-hmm. they don't put audio in the in arena. Like you're not yeah. gonna be able to hear the the corner. It's all about the action. And I think watching live, the drama of no corner would be very exciting. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's an interesting dynamic. It, it matters so much how that's you're a doing good, it. That's a really good point. Like you, you would be, you. Wow, that would be so interesting because you. But be it's like, also. What's, whatever's the norm versus not like if i found a situation where like that was in the contract where they couldn't have corners like you couldn't have their corner in between rounds or whatever that becomes like oh how are they gonna do because like certain fighters you know like okay this guy is very coachable he listens to his coach and he's one of the better coaches in the game so you know it's like coach versus like someone like trevor whitman versus like someone like for us right but, or but what Brown, i'm saying is is like i think you're right about the drama though because like it's like everyone everyone in that collective moment is projecting out what they think is going through the fighter's head. Like well, you're, it goes, yeah, it goes back to like UFC one and like those early UFCs, they didn't have corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like be like, Oh yeah. Back in the day, they didn't have like, it's a luxury Whatever, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, Hey, think about the that, drama. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's yeah. Okay, great question. Yeah, great this question. Guy. Kevin Hall, shout out to you. Um, and that's a great note to end the forum. Yeah. Uh, so there's no UFC next weekend. Uh, I guess this is a good time. I'm going to be taking a small break from the show. I'm going to be taking a two week hiatus. My son Oliver is coming into town uh, on Tuesday and nice. I'm going to be getting uh, adjusting to him being here and sleep schedule and all that other stuff. Uh, so I, I will be more than likely I'll be back for the, um, the Yuri Prohaska and uh, Glover to share to fight. Uh, but in the meantime, Juice has uh, some things that we're going to fill yeah. this with. We are we are not taking a break from content. We, we right. as a podcast with Friendly Sparring will not be on hiatus. Just we're going to keep putting stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. And also, I would love to do the fight picks, but on both Tapology and on um, UFC's website, the card isn't broken down into a main card yet. Oh, really? Even, it's, for, um... even on Tapology, it's, it's all preliminary card is what it says. None of it says main. So weird. It's very weird. I just looked. I was like, oh, maybe I'll check on Chapology because I saw on UFC. It was like, nope. It's how you said Chapology. Yeah, Chapology. Chapology, which is ta- which is the record of only British MMA fighters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, yeah, we can't do fight picks because I'm free and oh. Yeah, free. I'm free and oh. Check check my record on tap on Chapology. We, we do have the main event and the co-main, which right now is uh, yeah, uh the yeah. co-main is Dan Ige. Yeah, Danny Gay versus Movsar Ivloev. That's an amazing fight. I think Movsar Ivloev is going to give Danny Gay the fucking business. Um, I'm trying to look at these. versus Jarzinho. Boring as hell, Rosenstrike. Can't believe I used to be so high on that guy. So. I'm trying. I'm looking at the other names of of even Poliana Botello, um, Karina Silva, Jeff Molina. Jeff Molina is a fucking guy that trains out of, I think, Glory with James Krause or somewhere near there, but he trains jujitsu with my boy Ray from Ray's Alma Plata Soup. Mm. Um, Dar Smokes, formerly Ray's fucking one, now it's just Ray Freeman, Ray, Ray Freeman, one community BJJ or something like well, that. Well, part of me feels like the J.J. Alderich and Aaron Blanchfield is going to be on the main card. It says preliminary, but... Yeah, I mean, as far as placement, like like you said, you're right with topology. But if you go over the last, like, even if they do a six fight main card, I don't think they've ever done seven. I think it falls as the prelim headliner. 
like one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Andre. But the placement hasn't been yeah, hasn't been placed yet. So yeah, you never know. They could be shuffling. Honestly, if we're if we're being honest, uh well, no, I was gonna say there's not really anything. Oh my god, Benoit Saint Denis is back, the guy that almost died from that stupid ref who let uh, Eliseo Zelensky dos Santos beat the shit out of him. That guy's back. Holy yeah, shit, is. dude. I thought they would have cut. No, they can't cut him after a performance like that. Like, that's bad optics. But, dude, I'm glad he took a long layoff. That was so long ago. Right. Benoit well, uh, he does my country proud. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I just wanted I to make that uh, that announcement uh, now and that we can't do fight picks. It's yeah. okay. Um, but uh, that was actually on the Blahovich versus Teixeira card in October, not that long ago. Wow, seven months ago, he's coming, making a, yeah. a return. Uh, you all can follow me at leogh two one one three on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, send me an email through Gmail. Not letting it go. And uh, nor should you. No, I won't. But I will see you guys back here in a couple of weeks. Juice has. We already talked about the content that he's coming out with, and I at least know what one episode is going to be, and I'm very, very excited for you all to hear it. Yes. Um, it's the kind of thing that if we did this without the circumstances, it would probably be a Patreon exclusive. But because it's going to be, you know... Yeah, fill in the content. Kind of fill in the content. You're gonna, you guys are going to get it for free. Yeah, everyone's going to get it all. It's going to be great. It's, um, yeah. there's, there's, there's no chance in hell that you guys don't love this episode that I'm thinking about. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, and now we're going to go ahead and shout out our patrons. Yes. And I'm so excited to, to shout out our patrons this week is Leo. We have a new patron. Yay. <sighs> Fucking a, let me pull this list. Shout out to the best people we know that make this show possible. Yes. Is APB, Sandy pants, Alex from Jersey, T cross fee, Dave L Jimmy, the drunk mix, the man anonymous, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Brian Pichet, Dave, a.k.a. Nobby Buckles, Supermanly Nick, David S., D. Crons, Harry Andrew, Cakes, QAR, and our newest patron, Leo, the homie Dash. Right. Signed up in the Just a Tip tier to get a sweet, it. sweet uh, Fight Pick League action. Got yep. a, we've got a few more weeks where we are gearing up for the finale here yeah. with the fight pick league uh international fight week is going to be the last week and that'll decide the winner all all fucking bets are off or all bets are on depending on how you feel about that saying <laughs> right <laughs> um what i was going to say is that uh by the by the time this episode airs on whatever platform you listen to I will have uh, calculated the scores. I'm going to do it right now. So we stay current um, and, and you guys feel free to, to get on my His case bottle. about it. Yep. Um, you know, if, if, if the scores aren't up on Sunday, the day after the fights, let me know. We got this. Yeah. It's still going to probably be hard for me to keep up with that, but I want to, that's okay. Basically, we're gonna... I want to be releasing it before the next week. We're going to be, we're going to be good. Don't worry about it, but Hey, this was a fun episode. This was a fun episode. And Leo, before we get out of here, I just want to say vampires. <laughs>